0: It is Wednesday, the 4th of October, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Let's pray a prayer of his together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Almighty, eternal, just, and merciful God, grant us in our misery the grace to do for you alone what we know you want us to do, and always to desire what pleases you. Thus, inwardly cleansed, interiorly enlightened, and inflamed by the fire of the Holy Spirit, may we be able to follow in the footprints of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And by your grace alone, may we make our way to you, most high, who live and rule in perfect trinity and simple unity, and our glorified God, all-powerful, forever and ever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you're along here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. we got some Franciscan connections that flow through this whole scene around here, Uh, going back to the very beginning in Mother Angelica. Of course, she's in an order name for St. Clair, who was good friends with St. Francis. Up this hour, I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lachman at the controls. We'll talk to Dr. John Bergsma. More stories from the Old Testament that show us Uh, The relationship between God and his people. Dr. bergsman has got a book called Love Basics for Catholics. Father Rob Jack will talk about St. Francis and the leper, one of the most famous stories in the life of St. Francis, right right, really at the beginning of his conversion. Gary Zimak will unpack Psalm 1 with us, and then Dr. Matthew Bunsen will look ahead. Well, it's not really even ahead, right? He'll look at the uh, new letter from Pope Francis that's a follow-up to Laudato Si released on this Feast of St. Francis. So, stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news.
1: Good morning. As Matt was just saying, the Holy See on this Feast of St. Francis is releasing the Pope's new apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis. In the text, the Holy Father expresses the need to update and continue to implore action eight years now after the publication of his encyclical Laudato Si. He says quote, this situation has to do not only with physics or biology but also with the economy and the way we conceive it. The mentality of maximum gain at minimal cost disguised in terms of reasonableness, progress and illusory promises makes impossible. Any sincere concern for our common home and any real preoccupation about assisting the poor and the needy discarded by our society. In recent years, he says, we can note that astounded and excited by the promises of any number of false prophets, the poor themselves at times fall prey to the illusion of a world that is not being built for them, end quote. He closes the document saying, praise God is the title of this letter for when human beings claim to take God's place, they become their own worst enemies." End quote. Meanwhile, the Pope has presided over Mass today to open the General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops on Synodality. In his homily, the Pope encouraged the faithful to walk with the Holy Spirit in trust and with joy. Reflecting on the life of St. Francis and the call to go and repair God's Church, the Holy Father said, quote, "'The Synod serves to remind us of this, our Mother the Church is always in need of purification and he invited to take up he invited the faithful to take up the only weapons of the gospel humility and unity prayer and charity Meanwhile in Washington an election for the new speaker of the House is set to be held next Wednesday members leaving the House GOP conference meeting said a candidate forum for speaker will be held next Tuesday with the election held the following day the House of Representatives will be in recess until next week. Kevin McCarthy says he will not be running again following the chamber's decision to vote him out of his position in an historic vote forced by Florida Congressman Matt Gates. North Carolina Congressman Patrick McHenry is now acting speaker until a new speaker election is held. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich is calling on the House to expel Matt Gates. Mark Mayfield has more.
2: In an op-ed for the Washington Post on Tuesday, Gingrich called Gates anti-Republican and claimed he was engaging in childish behavior and has become actively destructive to the conservative movement. Gingrich said Gates should be expelled from the House Republican Conference for his motion to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. McCarthy was voted out of office Tuesday after Gates put forward a motion to vacate the chair i'm mark mayfield
1: democrat diane feinstein's replacement has been sworn into the u.s senate the now former president of the pro-abortion fundraising organization emily's list lafonza butler was appointed by california governor gavin newsom on sunday to take the place of the late senator and was sworn in yesterday by vice president kamala harris in a ceremony at the u.s capitol she is now the first openly lgbt senator to represent California, teams from both sides are back at the negotiating table trying to avoid a three day strike from 75,000 Kaiser Permanente workers nationwide. If no agreement is reached, the healthcare workers will hold a three day strike the rest of this week. The union says this would be the largest healthcare worker strike in U.S. history. And the first day of the MLB postseason is in the books. The Texas Rangers began the day with a 4-0 shutout over the Tampa Bay Rays in front of the smallest playoff audience since the 1919 World Series. Minnesota-designated hitter Royce Lewis belted two home runs to help the Twins swap an 18-game snap, an 18-game playoff losing skid with a 3-1 win over the Toronto Blue Jays. The Arizona Diamondbacks rallied from an early three-run deficit to down the Brewers 6-3 in Milwaukee. The Philadelphia Phillies began their National League title defense by cruising to a 4-1 win over the Miami Marlins. Wild card round action continues today with the Diamondbacks, Phillies, Rangers, and Twins all having a chance to clinch their spot in the division series this weekend.
0: So the Twins was the story that was fascinating with me, uh, because I think the Twins broke like a nineteen year playoff losing streak. Eighteen. You 18.
1: weren't listening to my story but eighteen, so,
0: so oh I was. So uh but like can you imagine? I mean we, we had some of that going in Cincinnati with the Bengals, mm-hmm. right? Where you show up over and over again.
1: Right. Right.
0: But uh but you can't get any but farther you can't than get showing any further.
1: up. Yeah.
0: I mean that's so frustrating. Yeah. For a fan base. I know. So I'm just I'm very happy for the twins.
1: Yeah. Congratulations,
0: Minnesota. Twins uh twins got a bunch of former Reds too. So not a bunch. They got at least a couple yep. former Reds. Yep. So that's uh that's what you do this time of year, Anna Mitchell, if your team doesn't make it. You look around to see who your team's traded over the past few years and yeah, you pick, pick who are on.
1: Who's my favorite How they're doing. former team member and just who am I who do around. I want to see succeed now?
3: There you go. Yeah,
1: there you go. Well, it's a fun time of year, even if your team is not in the playoffs like our Reds are not. It's fine. We're fine. It's fine. It's fine. Today is Wednesday, October the 4th. Happy to have you along with us on this Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Pray for us. It's a past. Joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. John Berksma. We have been going through his book, Love Basics for Catholics. Good morning, Doc.
4: Good morning, Anna.
1: So, Doc, we have spent a number of weeks looking through the Old Testament to get a better grasp on, on how the Word of God reveals the love of God for his people. Today, we are going to start looking at the New Testament and, of course, the Gospels first. So, We've talked about the Babylonian exile and the return and and this great expectation of a Messiah who would be sent to the people of God. Now, Doc, by the time we get to, like, the incarnation and the nativity, how would you describe the expectation at that time?
4: So it's kind of at a fever pitch because Daniel, in his prophecies, predicted that it would be roughly 500 years until the coming of Prince Messiah. There was different calculations of how long it had been, but everybody figured that roughly 500 years had elapsed since Daniel. So everybody was thinking, you know, it's got to be sometime around now, and that's around the time that Jesus was born. And yeah, people were definitely looking for the Messiah at this time.
1: Now, your chapter here focuses on the Gospel of John, and I want to get back to John in a second, but John does not talk about the earliest years of Jesus in the way that Matthew and Luke do. So, could you take us through the the nativity (laughs) narrative and and sort of what what kind of marital imagery can we glean from that?
4: Yes. Well, there's something very subtle, and that is You know the wedding of uh human nature with divine nature Mm -hmm. um so jesus is a marriage and a person so to speak um the wedding of divine and human and that's actually why if if we pay attention anna uh coming up here in december um a couple of days before christmas we're going to read from the song of songs i think it's on december 21st we're going to read song of songs chapter 2 which talks about the bridegroom bounding down out of the hills to invite the bride to come away with him. And it seems kind of odd to be reading that just before Christmas, but its spiritual sense is divine nature coming down out of heaven and inviting human nature, as it were, to run away with him and be united to him forever, and that's what happens in Jesus. But. Speaking of the Gospel of Matthew, we get some beautiful nuptial images, Anna, very early on with the coming of the Magi. And we don't always see it, but these three gifts that the Magi come, uh, that come bearing uh, gold and frankincense and myrrh, especially the frankincense and myrrh are only mentioned together in the Bible in romantic contexts where frankincense and myrrh are like... um, you know, romantic perfumes, you know, expensive stuff like you'd buy in the duty-free shop in the airport, <laughs> things like that. And uh, in, in the Song of Songs, for instance, Solomon and his bride, you know, are smothered with frankincense and myrrh and other uh, sweet-smelling colognes, if you will, uh, as uh, as they're courting one another. So that uh, bespeaks that, and, and of course the the wise men coming from the east to visit Jesus, that calls to mind the last time that wise men came from the east to seek out a son of David, and that was under the reign of Solomon, who was also the great uh, romantic figure and the uh, main character of the Song of Songs. So Jesus is being shown to be a new Solomon and a a new bridegroom already from uh, his infancy at about two years old, uh, in Bethlehem, when the wise men come.
1: Wow! And how beautiful too to think about it in in the sense that the Magi. I mean, presumably they they didn't know what they were uh, sort of illustrating here. That you're just bringing out to us. You know, like here we are giving this to the divine bridegroom, um, and yet they represent to us like all the nations, right, coming to the Lord. This invitation. That we've talked about so many times in in the Old Testament, that the people of God somehow seem to overlook, um, but but here they are these these Gentiles bringing these uh, these spices to the divine bridegroom.
4: Absolutely, um, and that theme of uh, you know the, uh God's Messiah becoming the the covenant and indeed even the bridegroom for all people, you know, runs the Old Testament. Solomon you know, it was kind of bridegroom of the whole world. Uh, he went about it the wrong way, trying to individually marry right. every single woman. But, uh, you know, he, he was attempting something that our Lord does in the right way, which is offer himself as the bridegroom for the whole earth, only monogamously, because together we make up one bride, we make up the church. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, open to all the nations. Uh, the Messiah is not only for Israel, um, but he's He's a spouse for all of our souls, no matter what part of the world we come from.
1: Now, let's move into John to just close out this conversation today, because I want to get into all of these stories um, in their own segment, Doc, but but can you just kind of give us an overview of how the love of God is revealed to us in the Gospel of John?
4: Absolutely. Well, one of the first incident, the first miracle of our Lord, you know, recorded in the Gospel of John is the wedding at Cana. And of course, in ancient Judaism, the bridegroom was the one who was supposed to bring all the wine. Well, at this wedding at Cana, the bridegroom doesn't do a good job, as we know, doesn't have enough wine. And Jesus steps in and does the bridegroom's duty by providing the wine. And he provides it in enormous abundance, you know, 180 gallons of fine French import, you know, it's, it's tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars of wine. And that is a symbol, and we'll get into this more in future weeks, but that's a symbol of just the overflowing love of God that he has for his people.
1: It's going to be so good unpacking it all. Thank you so much, Dr. John Bergsma. You can find Love Basics for Catholics linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Coming up on 16 past here on the Sunrise Morning Show, we're back with headlines right after this.
5: Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to His voice, to the peace you're seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy by knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Just go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red box and order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series. Again, that's lordteachmetopray.com.
6: For more than 150 years, the Comboni missionaries have traveled to nearly every corner of the world. Founded by St. Daniel Comboni, we are an international Catholic organization dedicated to ministering the world's poorest and most abandoned people. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at Combonimissionaries.org. That is, Combonimissionaries.org. Mystic Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend
0: and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show.
1: Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission.
0: And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel
1: mug. Find
0: those in our online store.
1: Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com.
0: The Catholic Man Show, hosted by Adam Minahan and David Niles. Designed especially for men that promotes the lost art of living virtuously. You can hear The Catholic Man Show as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation. All in one place. All free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNradio.net slash podcasts today. 17 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines.
1: On this feast of St. Francis of Assisi, the Holy See is releasing the Pope's newest apostolic exhortation on the climate crisis, Laudate Deum. Meanwhile, the Pope has presided over mass today to open the General Assembly of the Synod on Synodality. And in Washington, an election for a new Speaker of the House is set for next week after the House voted out. Congressman Kevin McCarthy.
0: Well, Anna Mitchell, today the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, and he has many patronages, um, often because of his being pictured with birds and squirrels and deers, and there's a wolf in there somewhere. Uh, he is officially a patron saint of zoos. So. Really? Really? He's got that going for him. I
1: was not aware of that. I guess I shouldn't be surprised.
0: And we're going to talk more about him in a little bit with Father Rob Jack. But as you know, on these big feast days, I like to go through and figure out which dioceses the saint is uh, a patron of. Mm -hmm. So you ready? We got got some good ones on here. So St. Francis of Assisi, patron of the Diocese of Alexandria, Louisiana. So happy feast day to you all. Nice. Um, He is... Uh, a patron of Denver, Colorado.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: We got Salina, Kansas, that diocese. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and of course, can you guess? Can you guess the big one?
1: Um, would it be the city after which he is named?
0: That would be it,
1: San Francisco.
0: So it just it, it just stands to reason that Saint Francis of Assisi would be patron. I would of love the Archdiocese of San Francisco. He's
1: also the patron of Metuchen, New Jersey. You missed that one.
0: Oh, did I miss Metuchen? I missed yeah. Metuchen.
1: I'm I'm curious as to why. You know, it's kind of. I mean, he's such a popular saint. I guess of that would be possible, but he's not quite like Saint Joseph. You know, like patron of the universal church or the Immaculate Conception. No, but he did like rebuild that.
0: the church. So and bear in I, mind that you know there's like in the case of Santa Fe, that's a you know named after a mission which mm-hmm. the Franciscans were all about.
1: Well, okay, but what about Denver, Colorado?
0: I mean, there's some missions in, in Colorado, right?
1: Why so, is the line of Kansas? I mean, I don't know. This I don't is know what I, I'm is. like, just really curious. Maybe have the been original was a, bishop yeah, it could have was been Franciscans
0: that were there, right, in some capacity. As well, that's the why I'm wondering. So,
1: anybody who happens to be in one of these dioceses, if,
0: if
8: you, you know, happen
1: to know hit us with a note i would love to know the history i mean i'm not i'm not knocking it i think saint francis is a great choice for a patron i'm just asking
0: it could be that I'm one of early the early question- bishops was named after a you know named after francis who yeah. knows i don't tend Dennis? to speculate on these things
1: well you just did so
0: i said i don't know though so i got myself an out <laughs> that's the key
1: fair the key. fair
0: got to hedge your bets on this stuff <laughs> saint francis of assisi pray for us
5: Jesus said, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com.
9: Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org.
5: You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway in Park Hills. On the web at
10: fortmitchellgarage.com.
3: Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
10: What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives.
3: More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass.
10: More information is at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com.
5: Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. 513-489-0300.
0: Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim. Thank you for joining us on this feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Pray for us. And we want to dig into some of the stories of St. Francis today through the course of the morning. And there are so many, but one of the more famous ones, uh, which really kind of illustrates the kind of conversion that St. Francis went through, is the story of his meeting with the leper. And here to talk about that this morning is Father Rob Jack, host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio. Father, good morning. Morning, Matt. So if you could set the stage for this whole story of St. Francis's meeting with the leper and why it would be so out of character for St. Francis in his previous life to have handled this encounter this way.
11: Well, what I do when I talk about this is I used to, when I was in the I began as a Franciscan seminarian all the way back in 1979. And so I was in the high school seminary for a year. And one of the things I I read quite a bit was the life of St. Francis by St. Bonaventure, which is a phenomenal, very excellent biography of his to read, because of course he knew Francis personally. But one of the stories I always remind the seminarians of, and really anybody, if you're gonna follow Jesus, you better expect to be ready to kiss a leper, because this is what this is how the Christian story works. We think of St. Francis, of course, as the uh, one who loved all of creation and all of these things, and he was always very gentle and very kind. This is one tough character, and he really took on the fullness of his own human weakness and his sinfulness, and the Lord tested him as he tests all of us. And so, of course, Francis was writing back, one day on his horse in his military gear. And as he was riding back, he came across a leper. Now lepers, of course, are rejected by society. They believed leprosy was very contagious, and so you wouldn't even touch one, much less be close to one. It used to be, as we found out in the Old Testament, whenever a leper would come by, they would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, you know, stay away. And they lived apart. Well, Francis was riding and he saw this leper And he was, of course, very much uh, put off by him in between the smell and the appearance and all this. And Francis at that moment was overcome with the great love of Christ. And he dismounted his horse, and he went over and he embraced the leper. And after he embraced him, he gave him his cloak. And then Francis turned to walk back, and he looked, and the leper disappeared. And he thought, what did I just encounter here? And what happened after that was, of course, that night in a dream, Jesus came to him dressed in his cloak as a leper and said, Francis, it was me today that you embraced, not a leper. And it really set Francis on his on his focus of one of his primary ministries was caring for the lepers and caring for the marginalized. Now, what I did was I told the seminarians, I said, everyone, who is going to serve the Lord, is going to be put before us with, a, with a, a leper, okay? But it's not just a leper. It's whatever oftentimes the thing that strikes most at our ego or the thing that most fills us with fear. And mine happened to me because everyone has to do this in many ways. You find it yourself in terms of how you live your life. But I was uh, in my third year of seminary training. This was back in 1989. Now, I was a hospital chaplain, Children's Hospital in Columbus. Now, I wasn't too keen on hospital work. My mother had died in a hospital from medical malpractice, and I said, Lord, let me do anything. Just don't put me near our hospital. Stupid thing to say. <laughs> so I say that, and then I'm working one night on a 24-hour uh, uh, call, and I'm in their ER And about 1 in the morning, a double-code blue trauma comes, and two young boys had been hit not once but twice on Broad Street in Columbus, and they were coming into the ER. And as soon as that announce went out, my feet – I didn't do anything. My feet turned the other way. In other words, let's just get the heck out of Dodge. This This is not your deal. Well, I was the chaplain there, and it was my deal. And so I faced that. And in the process, I had two young boys. They were cousins. The whole family just, you know, descended upon the whole hospital. And in the midst of this, one of the mothers who who was basically seven months pregnant, and was was grieving and all this commotion was going on you hear the mother we get him in a very very small room which is probably about the size of where you're broadcasting from right now and i got 40 people one throwing up in the corner you got the pregnant mother you got all these things and i'm the only chaplain there that's it and the nurses got the heck out of there because they said i don't want to deal with it but well, there i am and i'm trying to get things calmed down and all of a sudden <laughs> the mother goes my son is dead and she says ouch She was going into labor when all this other stuff was going on in this terrible event. And what happens? Well, okay, I go out right outside to the nurse's station. And I come out to the nurse's station and say, excuse me, Uh, we have a lady in there who's pregnant. She's going into labor. And uh, and in that process, my supervisor comes by, and she's she's a Lutheran minister. And she says, you need some help here? And at that time, a scream comes from that room. And this was the moment I kissed the leper. I said, what happened was I said, no, we're fine. And I turned around and I walked back into that room and for the next two and a half hours dealt with that family and their moment of crisis. Because at that moment, I could have just hit the chapel. Here's my coat. Here's my card. I'm done. But I didn't, and I don't know how I didn't, but I walked in, and I dealt with this thing, the worst thing I could ever deal with. And I came out out of that with a new appreciation for the sick, a new appreciation for Christ in the poor and in the suffering. And that was my leper. Now, that doesn't mean I don't face more. I face a lot of them still, as we all do. But that test that comes is an important test.
0: Well, and I think all of us, as you're telling this story, can think back, what's the time where I've been St. Francis and the Lord has put a leper in my life, and it's been an opportunity to show love to the Lord. And so hopefully that's an opportunity, again, for us to think about, you know, what leper might I meet today? Father Rob Jack, thank you so much as always. Have a wonderful day. Hopefully I wasn't your leper today. <laughs> Far from it. Far from it. Uh, you can find Driving Home the Faith linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Again, St. Francis of Assisi on this year's feast day. Pray for us, and uh, pray that we'll be open To encountering those lepers in our life today. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news.
1: Good morning. The Holy See on this feast of St. Francis of Assisi has released the Pope's apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis. In the text, the Holy Father expresses the need to update and continue to implore action now eight years after the publication of his encyclical, Laudato Si'. In the Apostolic Exhortation, the Holy Father laments the failure of nations to make good on promises they've made during the various climate conferences that have taken place over the past decades. He says, quote, despite the many negotiations and agreements, global emissions continue to increase. Certainly, it could be said that without those agreements, they would have increased even more. Still, in other themes related to the environment, when there was a will, very significant results were obtained as was the case with the protection of the ozone layer. Yet, he says, the necessary transition towards clean energy sources such as wind and solar energy and the abandonment of fossil fuels is not progressing at the necessary speed. Consequently, whatever is being done risks being seen only as a ploy to distract attention. We must move beyond the mentality of appearing to be concerned, but not having the courage needed to produce substantial changes." End quote. Meanwhile, the Pope has presided over Mass today to open the General Assembly of the Synod on Synodality. In his homily at Mass, the Pope encouraged the faithful to walk with the Holy Spirit in trust and with joy. Reflecting on the life of today's saint, St. Francis, and the call to go and repair my church, the Pope said, quote, the Synod serves to remind us as this, our mother the church is always in need of purification. He invited the faithful to take up only the only the weapons of the gospel, humility and unity, prayer and charity. End quote. Meanwhile, in Washington, Kevin McCarthy says he will not run again for Speaker of the House. He was ousted yesterday in a historic vote forced by Florida Congressman Matt Gates. It marks the first time in U.S. history that a speaker has been removed. McCarthy said. He would consider endorsing the next person elected, adding that he does not have any regrets about passing a spending bill over the weekend to avoid a government shutdown. North Carolina Congressman Patrick McHenry is now acting Speaker until the House holds a Speaker election, which is expected next week. Meanwhile, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich is calling on the House of Representatives to expel Congressman Matt Gates. More from Mark Mayfield.
2: In an op ed for the Washington Post,
1: it appears that's not going to work, but we will move on. Democrat Dianne Feinstein's replacement has been sworn into the U.S. Senate. The now former president of the pro abortion fundraising organization Emily's List, LaFonza Butler, was appointed by California Governor Gavin Newsom on Sunday to take the place of the late senator and was sworn in. Vice President Kamala Harris yesterday in a ceremony at the U.S. Capitol. She is now the first openly LGBT senator to represent California. Hunter Biden's son has pleaded not guilty to federal gun charges in Delaware. Hunter Biden faces three felony firearms charges, including unlawfully possessing a gun as an illegal drug user. The charges come after a prior plea deal that allowed Hunter Biden to enter a diversion program fell apart following scrutiny from a federal judge. Yesterday's court appearance lasted about 40 minutes. Hunter Biden's attorneys have called the charges illegitimate. The first day of the MLB postseason is now in the books. The Texas Rangers began the day with a 4 nothing shutout win over the Tampa Bay Rays in front of the smallest playoff audience since the 1919 World Series. Minnesota-designated hitter Royce Lewis hit two home runs to help the Twins snap an 18-game playoff losing skid with a 3-1 win over the Toronto Blue Jays. The Arizona Diamondbacks rallied to beat the Brewers 6-3 to in Milwaukee, and the Philadelphia Phillies began their National League title defense by cruising to a 4-1 to win over the Miami Marlins at Citizens Bank Park. Wild card round action continues today. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. The
9: podcast of the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith lets you replay and share an interview. They even have markers to help you find the interview quickly. Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast are in the daily show notes at sacredheartradio.com. Schneller
12: and Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com.
13: Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Proud supporter
5: of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP.
1: It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Francis of Assisi, Wednesday, October the 4th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller-Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, online at skpha.com. Still feels like summer today. Showers move in tomorrow. Right now, temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, mostly sunny to mostly cloudy today and a high of 86 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 64. Mostly cloudy start for Cincinnati tomorrow with some afternoon showers and a high of 80. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, mostly sunny morning, partly cloudy this afternoon and a high of 87. Increasing clouds tonight with an overnight low of 64 cloudy tomorrow morning, then off and on rain showers in the afternoon with a high of 77. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show
0: continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Gary Zimak from followingthetruth.com, and we've been looking at the Psalms lately specifically. Uh, Part of the purpose of this segment is to have a Better sense of trust in God amid all the insanity that we face or hear about in our daily lives. Gary, good morning. Hey, Matt. Good morning. So we're going back to the beginning of the book of Psalms today. Uh, Where you got us at?
14: Matt, we are literally going back to the beginning of the book of Psalms, Psalm 1. And uh, let me just read a couple of verses here from the very beginning of Psalm 1 and then let me explain why i think that this is such an important message. Psalm 1 beginning in verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. You know Matt um in today's world this idea of following the law of god or meditating upon the law of god or obeying any any law is is really thought of in a negative way but but here's what i love about this and i i have i have found this to be so true the idea of meditating upon god's law it's so important and taking delight in in the law of the lord in the teaching of his church, why is that going to bring someone delight? And here's what I think, and this, and I found this to be true. God knows what we need to be happy, and he knows that if we follow his, his law, the teaching of the church, if we meditate upon it, that's going to draw us not only into a relationship with him, but he's going to advise us and let us know what's really going to make us happy. And again, so many people are not going to, they're going to look at this and say, I got a problem with that. I can't see how the law is going to make me happy. But really, all we're doing is turning to the Lord saying, Lord, what do I do? How can I be happy in life? And the Lord's saying, here's what you need to do. And I found this to be so true. And that's why I love looking in scripture. I, and I'm I'm reading the Catechism of the Catholic Church for the umpteenth time. I've, I've gone through it numerous times, and I just find such joy and comfort in letting the Lord speak to me.
0: You know, as I'm reading through this, and I, I tend to think in the in the New International Version, nineteen eighty four. I think I've told you this before. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. whenever you send me a verse, I'm like, I have that memorized in a different <laughs> translation. Um, and uh, in mine, so I think you said, "Sit in the seat of scoffers." Was that what you're? yeah translation yes. side. so in uh and the version I have it memorized and it's it's sit in the seat of mockers uh, uh. and uh that that stuck with me as a kid uh sit in the seat of mockers like what's that mean um and when you think about like what makes you happy and what makes you miserable, you would think you know and and we heard this in middle school, right that person who's being mean to you and making fun of you is doing so because they don't like themselves and if they put you down they'll feel better well that's really mm. good advice for a middle school playground but it also <laughs> kind of sums up like social media and the news cycle and like modern comedy in a nutshell right yeah. <laughs> we're like if yeah. i just come up with a meme or a gif or a, a hot take you know or a sick burn on somebody that will give me this momentary boost of whatever but if you sit in the seat of mockers gary you don't actually feel better about yourself. You actually kind of descend further into the misery, you know, uh, the people who, you know, do these sorts of things. And whenever I feel tempted to do these sorts of things, I may get like a momentary, like rush out of like really putting somebody in their place. But at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of a terrible person for doing that. So sitting in the seat of mockers is not a way to find beatitude, man.
14: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and this is, that's a really good point. and, you know when when you first hear this you, you might have a problem with it or you, it might sound like well this is this isn't going to work but but it really it really does work and it it doesn't mean you're you're never going to experience suffering or struggles in life because because you are but there's just such a comfort to me and um there's just such comfort to me to to let the lord speak to me to reveal himself to me through his, you know, in the in the Old Testament, it's referred to as the law. But here we're, you know, we're, we can bring it up to date, and we're we're talking about the teaching of the church, and the Lord is really revealing through His church to me what will bring me the happiness that I'm I'm looking for. And I think that's invaluable advice. And I'm I'm really trying to live that every day, and I definitely see the benefit in, in doing this.
0: Well, it goes on to say in Psalm one, and this is one of the great images. From this psalm, where it says that if you live this life where you're in order, you're lined up with God, you and He are on the same page, you are like a tree planted uh, near the water, right? Planted by a stream, and uh, so that you're uh, flourishing, you're yielding your fruit in season. Uh, Every time I hear that verse, I think to if you ever see like uh, a satellite, you know, from space, you know, camera shot of. North Africa and Egypt and you see just like desert everywhere but there's this big green strip that goes down where the Nile is. <laughs> and you're right, like right. That's a tree planted next to a stream of water. Uh and it's such a great metaphor for what we will come to understand what Jesus institutes in the sacraments, right? If you want to grow and flourish and be the green tree that bears fruit, stay close to the stream, man, the stream of grace that comes through those sacraments, through the Eucharist, through confession.
14: Exactly. And, you know, I was just talking about this the other day. I belonged to a men's group at my parish. and I was talking about the beauty of the sacrament of confession. And I've noticed that that uh, and, and there were guys there who were struggling with it. But yet there was an interest there. They were thinking they were saying that This one guy in particular was saying, I, I really feel that I should go back to confession. It's been a long time, but I don't really get it. And I said, you know what, this is the sacrament of confession has made such a difference in my life because I've noticed that when I don't go as frequently, there's something missing there. there there's, a, there's a piece that I don't have, and when I go frequently, and that's why I'm, I try to go as frequently as possible and keep my regular schedule, there's that peace that comes from that encounter with Jesus in the sacrament of confession. And when you add on to that the, the reception, the daily reception of the Eucharist, which is something that I've been blessed to be able to do for many years now, there is uh, there is a flow of grace that leads to a peace and a, and a happiness that uh, that I for years never was able to experience. So you're absolutely right. You stay close to that river and let that grace flow into you. We're going to we're going to feel that happiness. We're going to experience that happiness that the Lord wants us to experience. Sometimes we think, well, God doesn't want us to be happy. Well, that's not true at all. Yes, there's suffering in life, but there's there's a peace and a deep joy that we can feel even in the midst of, of suffering. And God wants that for us.
0: Well, anybody who's memorized that first part of the Baltimore Catechism should know that God wants you to be happy, right? Because why did he make us, right, to yeah. know, love and serve him so we could be happy with him? Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a great word about confession because, as it says here in Psalm 1, if you are a person who does or has been walking in the counsel of the wicked or maybe standing in the way of sinners— or sitting in the seat of mockers, you don't have to be that way forever, right? You don't have to be stuck exactly. there, right? There's a way out, right? And that's what these, I mean, the sacramental life is about, is to, to, to break you out of that and give you, well, I mean, in the case of confession, not just the forgiveness for having stood in the way of sinners, but the strength to not stand with them next time. Exactly, exactly.
14: And in fact, when we were talking about this in the men's group, I was, I, I was honest, and I told I told the man in the group, I, I was telling the, a sin that I had struggled with, something that I did, and he said, is that really confession-worthy? In other words, is that a big deal? And, and you know, I, I think we can all tend to think that way sometimes until we realize, again, going back to that teaching of the church, right, that law, meditating on the law, that we are not called to just be really good people. We're called to imitate Jesus, to be Jesus. And the only way we're going to do that is with a lot of grace, and that's that's the thing. As long as I am not looking like Jesus and what I think and what I say and what I do, I need to do something about it, and that's where that grace you get in the sacrament is invaluable. I need all the grace I can get, Matt.
0: Yep, me too. If you want to be like Jesus, you got to stay close to Jesus and get grace from Jesus, or it's kind of... Uh... I'm not going to work. Following the linked at sunrise morning show.com. Gary, thanks as always have a great day. Thank you, brother. Great to be with you. God bless. Dr. Matthew Bunsen joins us next to talk about the follow up to Laudato C, which releases today. It is 14 till support for the sunrise morning show is from visiting angels. Visiting angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available.
5: The new feature film, Mother Teresa and Me, sponsored by Fathom Events, is in theaters Thursday, October 5th. Mother Teresa and Me weaves together the stories of two women. Mother Teresa, who served the poor with love amidst her dark night of the soul. And Kavita, a young woman who is searching for love while struggling with her unexpected pregnancy. Mother Teresa and Me, in theaters Thursday, October 5th. More information at fathomevents.com. That's fathomevents.com.
0: It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy.
1: And when you go to the monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor, coffee, or tea that you buy.
0: Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store.
1: Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. Hi friends,
5: Janet Williams here. Join me every Wednesday on Women of Grace Live as I welcome new age researcher and blogger for Women of Grace, Sue Brinkman. Sue and I will be talking about all the wacky things that could distract you from your faith. Psychics, yoga, Reiki, crystals, acupuncture, Ouija boards, tarot cards, and astral traveling are just a few of the stranger things we discuss. That's why we call it Wacky Wednesday. So join us at 11 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio.
13: Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Katha Gansu's Live, John Martinoni and Dr. Edward Sree. Wow, that's a good one. Katha Who's Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now, back to the Sunrise Morning Show.
1: It's 11 till back with us now on the sunrise morning show is dr matthew bunsen vice president and editorial director of ewtn news good morning doc
15: good morning quite nice to be back
1: it is nice to have you back so the pope's new apostolic exhortation has been released laudate deum to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis now This is an update to his encyclical, Laudato Si. Um, Just quickly, can you explain the difference in terms of like magisterial importance between an encyclical and an apostolic exhortation, just to get our bearings here?
15: Yeah, very briefly, an encyclical is uh, one of the more formal of the papal documents that can be issued. Uh, It's usually focused on some element of teaching or it's assumed it's greater weight, in fact, uh, in the, the modern era in the life of the Church, by which we always say that several hundred years. Wow. Uh, the, an, an absolute exhortation is pretty much what it sounds like. It's a, a document that doesn't have as much weight as an encyclical. Uh, they tend to be slightly shorter, uh, but they are also what it sounds like. It is an exhortation. It is a request. The most common type of exhortation that we run across is the one that the Pope typically writes at the end of a synod. Mm. So, if we think, for example, of Amoris Laetitia, uh, Pope Francis's somewhat controversial uh, and very long exhortation after the synods on the family in 2014 and 15.
1: Yeah. Also, in the news recently, thanks to uh, the bishops of the Czech Republic. Honestly, um, okay, Doc, <laughs> yes. there is just too much happening in Rome right now to be able to keep up. I mean, leaving aside all of the controversy surrounding the Synod, I mean, even if the Synod was not controversial, there's a Synod commencing on the same day that this apostolic exhortation is being released. So I guess my question is, why now? I mean, what was the Pope's motivation to put out this document right now?
15: Well, there are a couple things. Uh, the first is uh, today is October 4th, which is the Feast of St. Francis. So that's a date that is of great importance to Francis. It connects pretty directly to the purpose and, and goal of this new exhortation on the environment, on the global climate crisis, as he puts it. So there's that. Uh, there's Pope Francis's own abiding concern with the environment, uh, which is always connected very closely to St. Francis love for uh, the creation. Uh, and then there is, I think, Francis' goal to put this forward right at the start, if uh, you note, of Synod on Synodality, uh, which itself lists uh, climate change, or however one wants to describe it, as one of the pressing topics of our time and therefore a topic for discussion throughout the Synod. So he's laying down a marker, so to speak, uh, for the discussions uh, for a synod that uh, he opened today, as you note. And yes, you're absolutely right. With the synod, with this document, with the consistory over the weekend, with the dubia cardinals uh, floating around there, uh, there's a lot happening
1: well, Thank God we have you to help us unpack it all. So what would you say is the the thesis in in Laudate Deum?
15: Well, I think uh, Well, my the, my first big takeaway from this is the fact that Significantly shorter than Laudato Si. Yeah, and and that's important to note because a lot of people might look at this and be terrified of, of the length of it. Uh-huh. If Laudato C si was uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, forty thousand words, uh, this one comes in at about eight thousand words. So you can read it in probably half an hour or so. Uh-huh. The central thesis of it is that. Uh, at, I'm not making light in any way of Laudato C, si, but the, the Holy Father is basically saying, you really didn't pay attention to what I said eight years ago when I issued Laudato C. <laughs> That's si. what I thought. So too. I'm, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take another stab at getting your attention on the, glo- the, the global climate crisis. I think, in, in many ways, if we had to sum it up in one sentence, that would be it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. Uh... I guess one thing that I appreciated about Laudato Si' when it came out, Doc, is was his focus on, on human ecology. You know, we, yes. we don't want polar bears drowning with the melting ice, certainly. But more importantly, this is affecting people who have little or no power to do anything about what is happening around them. And they're dying from it. They're starving from it. They're being displaced because of it. These were all things that came out very powerfully, I think, in Laudato Sea. Mm-hmm. Does that come out in this exhortation?
15: This exhortation hits on some of those themes, but this one is, uh, my takeaway is that this one is much more technical. Mm. And what I mean by that is that uh, when we just read through the, uh, the first chapter, he uses six chapters in all, and the title of the global climate crisis, he talks about the undeniability of climate change. So in some ways, he's going from there to what he called the technocratic paradigm, to the weakness of international politics, to climate conferences. So essentially, he's looking at the current state of the global response and finding it wanting. Yeah. And I don't think he feels that the great need to get into the type of um, heartbreaking detail uh, or uh, the human ecological aspects that he did in Laudato Si. I think he's, in many ways he's seen that as a given. But what he is trying to focus on here is all right, institutionally, what are we doing? Globally, what are we doing? And here are the problems that exist because of it. Or in our failure, to address climate change effectively and coherently. Uh, I found especially striking his chapter on the weakness of international politics, where we have this failure of global cooperation, and he keeps coming back to multilateral agreements between states, uh, because he sees that, uh, and that in some ways is a snapshot too, of how he looks at peace around the world, and even in things like interreligious dialogue, without multilateralism. We are going to fail because of the structure today of a very technocratic world.
1: Yeah, we must move beyond the mentality of appearing to be concerned but not having the courage needed to produce substantial changes, he says. I mean, with 30 seconds left, Doc, can you talk about the spiritual dimension that he includes at the end of this document?
7: Well,
15: he says in the beginning, this is for people of all goodwill, so he reminds everyone that we're attached Uh, but he also calls there's responsibility to care for god's creation and this means respecting the laws of nature
1: yeah as he uh closes it praise god is the title of this letter for when human beings claim to take god's place they become their own worst enemies we've been talking to dr Dr. matthew bunsen you can find him at ewtnnews.com Doc, I have a feeling over the next month, we'll be talking to you quite a bit. So thank you so much in advance. Good to talk to you today. I
15: I pray for your listeners. God bless.
1: (laughs) All right. We got a full hour coming up for most of our affiliates here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
16: Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Father Ken Giracy will discuss his book Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. Dr. Joseph Salot will show the news from the National Catholic Bioethics Center. I will talk about staying hopeful in the midst of rejection, a frequent traffic, and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio.
7: You're on the road to Christ the King.
5: Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428.
9: Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping. 513-271-2332, or on the web at WimbergLandscaping.com. That's WimbergLandscaping.com.
6: I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service, and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com.
9: In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral, and the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org.
5: You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heat and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com.
6: Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org.
9: This is Bishop Roger Foys of Covington. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart, Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at SacredHeartRadio.com. Sacred
7: Heart
0: the 4th of October, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, who saw all creation as pointing to God. Uh, Let's pray the Canticle of Daniel, which reflects the same thought in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Bless the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise and exalt him above all forever. Angels of the Lord, bless the Lord. You heavens, bless the Lord. Sun and moon, bless the Lord. Stars of heaven, bless the Lord. Every shower and dew, bless the Lord. All you winds, bless the Lord. Fire and heat, bless the Lord. Cold and chill, bless the Lord. Nights and days, bless the Lord. Lightnings and clouds, bless the Lord. Let the earth bless the Lord. Praise and exalt Him above all forever. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Happy feast day to all the Franks and Francises and Francisco's and Francois out there, wherever you happen to be listening. We are glad that you're along this morning. I'm Matt Swayman, and Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. Travis is operating the live video stream this morning, which you can find in our show notes at sunrisemorningshow.com. Join the chat, see what we look like. Don't be uh, underwhelmed. Up this hour. This hour, Father Philip Michael Tangore is going to join us. He is our canon law correspondent from Patterson, New Jersey. We'll catch up with him. Carlo Broussard has more thoughts on combating various progressive ideologies from a logical and charitable perspective. Father Sebastian Walsh will look at the heart of the gospel message. And uh, St. Francis, of course, was very concerned with getting to the heart of the gospel. And we'll talk a lot more about the implications of the story of St. Francis, not just as some story. Uh, kind of trapped in the 13th century somewhere, but something living and active in St. Francis is someone who has something to say to us today. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it's two minutes past the hour. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell.
1: Good morning. The Holy See today has released the Pope's apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis In the text, the Holy Father expresses the need to update and continues to implore action eight years now after the publication of his encyclical Laudato Si. He says in the text, quote, the situation has to do not only with physics or biology, but also with the economy and the way we conceive it. The mentality of maximum gain at minimal cost, disguised in terms of reasonableness, progress, and illusory promises makes impossible any sincere concern for our common home and any real preoccupation about assisting the poor and needy discarded by our society. In recent years, we can note that astounded and excited by the promises of any number of false prophets, the poor themselves at times fall prey to the illusion of a world that is not being built for them, end quote. He closes the exhortation saying, quote, Praise God is the title of this letter. For when human beings claim to take God's place... They become their own worst enemies, end quote. The Pope has presided over Mass today to open the General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops on synodality. In his homily at Mass, the Holy Father encouraged the faithful to walk with the Holy Spirit in trust and with joy. He said, reflecting on the life of St. Francis and God's call to him to repair the church, the Pope said, quote, the Synod serves to remind us of this. Our mother, the church, is always in need of purification. He encouraged the faithful to take up, quote, only the weapons of the gospel, humility and unity, prayer and charity, end quote. Meanwhile, in Washington, an election for the new Speaker of the House is set to be held next Wednesday. Members leaving the House GOP conference meeting said a candidate forum for speaker will be held next Tuesday with the election held the following day. The House of Representatives will be in recess until next week. Kevin McCarthy has said he will not run again following the chamber's decision to vote him out of his position in an historic vote forced by Florida Congressman Matt Gates. North Carolina Congressman Patrick McHenry is now acting speaker until the new speaker election is held. Meanwhile, former House Speaker Newt Gingrich is calling on House Republicans to expel Gates. Mark Mayfield has more. In an op-ed for
2: the Washington Post on Tuesday, Gingrich called Gates anti-Republican and claimed he was engaging in childish behavior and has become actively destructive to the conservative movement. Gingrich said Gates should be expelled from the House Republican Conference for his motion to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. McCarthy was voted out of office Tuesday after Gates put forward a motion to vacate the chair. I'm Mark Mayfield.
1: The first day of the MLB postseason is in the books. The Texas Rangers began the day with a four to nothing shutout over the Tampa Bay Rays. Minnesota snapped an eighteen game playoff losing skid with a three to one win over the Toronto Blue Jays. The Arizona Diamondbacks rallied from an early three run deficit to down the Brewers six to three in Milwaukee. The Philadelphia The Phillies cruise to a 4-1 win over the Miami Marlins. Wildcard action continues today with the Diamondbacks, Phillies, Rangers, and Twins all having a chance to clinch their spot in the division series this weekend. And the FCC is issuing its first ever fine for space debris. The agency announced it reached a settlement with Dish Network on Monday over the company failing to properly dispose of a broadcast communications Satellite dish agreed to pay a $150,000 fine. The FCC said making sure operators comply with their commitments will be a concern as satellite operations become more prevalent and the space economy accelerates. Do you think this is a shot across the bow at Elon Musk? Matt,
0: I have no idea. No, I don't know much about like the trash pickup system in space. I mean, I assume you would. You just send it back through, and it burns up on the way down, I... or you shoot it to the farthest reaches of space. Where I'm it lands really like
1: not sure that they thought dump
0: about Jupiter it. or something.
1: Do you think they thought about it before they did it?
0: I don't know. Like all I know, it seems Mitchell, like
1: a good idea. Looks... There is
0: plenty of space in space. That's,
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong.
0: I mean, you probably shouldn't. This is a uh, is this like addressed in Laudato Deum, like littering in space? I don't know if that's uh...
1: no. A he paragraph didn't on that. He didn't cover it in that. I got. I didn't highlight anything on it anyway.
0: It would be a different moral issue because littering part of it is because it you know unbeautifies a situation, but it also can like make it you know bad for living things. But in space, you can't. Well, no one. No one can hear you well, grow.
1: Here he writes: the ethical decadence of real power is disguised thanks to marketing and false information. Useful tools in the hands of those with greater resources to employ them to shape public opinion. I think I think that was a shot across the ballot, Elon Musk.
0: But it's a shot across the ballot. Anybody who owns
1: big tech. I mean, that's true. Anyway, not what we're talking about now. We'll move on from that conversation. And welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show, Father Philip Michael Tangora. He's a pastor, canon lawyer, author of Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Father, welcome back.
17: Good morning. I think you and Matt should submit a dubia.
1: You think so? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I I'm, guess, I'm I guess, from space a littering, <laughs> from, a, from a canon law perspective, we're allowed to do that as Absolutely. Lady. Yeah. Hmm.
17: That's right. Hmm.
1: I wonder if he'd respond. This is an interesting...
17: You probably would, actually.
1: Yeah. This is an interesting question. So we are going to be talking about dubia, not on uh, space junk, but uh, on issues concerning um, stuff that's going to be discussed at the Synod on Synodality this month. Of course, uh, the five cardinals, uh, led, I suppose, by Cardinal Raymond Burke, uh, made their dubia public. Pope Francis responded to the first round of dubia. They were not satisfied with his answers, um, released revised dubia to which he has not responded. And just, you know, note that the pope is not required to respond to, to any dubia presented to him from anyone. So, uh, Father, just first of all, any opening remarks that you would like to make about this exchange in general?
17: I think it's very constructive. All right. Because, uh, you know, the, the synod on synodality has been uh, taken up with so many different cultural, sociological issues that uh, are also occur- occurring. So, for instance, here in the United States, we have a lot of cultural upheaval over parental rights and the LGBTQ and different things like this. And so while that is occurring in the secular world, the fact that this is now also being addressed at the same time by the church, I think it just takes on all those political divisivenesses, all that uh, polarization, and again it kind of gets conflated just like the way vatican ii in the united states was met by all that different societal upheaval with civil rights and vietnam war and all these different kinds of things and votes for women and things like that so all of that kind of gets conflated instead of just being able to say like you know if you live in south korea you're not dealing with the kind of social uh, milieu that we're dealing with in say Western Europe and the United States and North America. And so you're going to have a very different perspective on how this synod on synodality is actually being approached and even coming about and being discussed. So, and then of course, there's that whole German synodal way, which I think has also been conflated with this synod on synodality and has just created this like monster, this behemoth hmm. that, uh, you know, uh, nobody knows what's going on with, but I kind of feel that this is good because the dubia provided the Pope and the Pope took up the opportunity to make some responses. And I think that both sides were very helpful to kind of give a better understanding of the fact that it doesn't seem like Pope Francis is trying to change doctrine, while at the same time, what he's trying to do, it looks like, is discuss the pastoral practices. Mm-hmm. So I feel that there needs to be a harmonization here yeah. between being doctrinally orthodox and as and pastorally orthoprax.
1: Well, let's hope that, that, that's that that's a result that comes out of the synod. So that's many people, my prayer. Yeah, so many people worried that that church teaching is going to change coming out of the synod. I don't know that that's so much. Um, uh, a
17: valid... no, but there might Sorry. be a re there might be a re uh approaching of certain disciplines mm-hmm. not doctrines but disciplines sure the uh the attitudes the way that we're going to go about dealing with some of these issues
1: now i want to focus specifically on the final dubium with you um, okay. as a priest i've been wanting to talk to a priest about this because I've never had this experience in confession myself um, where a priest would actually ask me if I intend to not commit this or that sin again. I always thought that was kind of understood. And so that's why I, Mm. this is, so that being the groundwork for why I want to talk about this. It says, dubium about the statement that forgiveness is a human raid and the Holy Father's insistence on the duty to absolve everyone and always so that repentance would not be a necessary condition for sacramental absolution. And then their revised question says, can a penitent who, while admitting a sin, refuses to make in any way the intention not to commit it again, validly receive sacramental absolution? And I'm just wondering in practice, Father, if that ever happens, do you know in confession that somebody is unrepentant?
17: Well, I have to be very careful with that response.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Speaking in a general sense, yeah.
17: Speaking in a general sense, if someone does not intend at all to reform their life, then absolution can be withheld, okay? In Canon 959, which gives the nature and purpose of the sacrament of penance, it says that they... They, are, they have to be sorry for them and intend to reform themselves. They have to intend to reform themselves. In fact, the word for sorry is contr- contrition. Mm-hmm. Now, this goes back to the Council of Trent when there was a discussion on whether or not contrition was needed for the sacrament to be valid or attrition. Now, attrition is a gradual reducing of one's... Um, sense of desire for a sinful act. It's attrition. It's Mm -hmm. gradual. It's a weakening. Mm -hmm. Whereas contrition means I am truly, uh, I find that sin repugnant and I don't want to do it again. Now, because of concupiscence, I may do that again. However, my, my, my intention is to truly reform my life and not do that again.
1: I mean, I guess it's possible that somebody approaches the sacrament of confession.
17: Um, if someone came to me and said, listen, uh, I'm, go- I- I- I'm-, I'm a liar. I- I'm confessing lying, but I- I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be lying again.
1: Would somebody do that? I mean, I guess this is where I'm wondering if this is a real thing that ever it, happens. It, it,
17: it, it can be. It can be there has to be and i i think where this really becomes a sticky wicket is dealing with sexual immorality so Mm. i'm living with my boyfriend and uh you know i'm confessing fornication but at the same time i'm not going to stop living with him
7: Hmm. okay
17: (laughs) so then there's that question are they really reforming their life are they making the effort to avoid the near occasion of sin, like we say in the act of contrition.
1: I mean, I guess I'm surprised that there would be anybody that would even approach confession if they weren't actually sorry for the sin in the first place, Um, wow. This is really interesting, Father. I have so many more yeah. questions, but we're we're out of time on this one. Maybe we can uh, yeah. we can talk about it in the future. But really appreciate you unpacking a little bit of it for us this morning. We got holiness and living the sacramental life linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father. Thank you.
17: All right. God bless everybody and be contrite of heart. Yes
1: absolutely i think the moral of this story
17: one contrite of heart yes
1: the moral of this story (laughs) is actually be sorry for your sins and actually you know be determined to reform our lives amen god
18: bless bye bye
1: you too father thank you all right it's 17 past we're back with headlines right after this
0: support for the sunrise morning show is from visiting angels visiting angels provides experienced compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available.
19: Are you looking for peace, longing for joy?
3: One of the reasons we should go to Mass is because it is the food of the saints that we receive. For the saints, they understood rightly that the time after Holy Communion, that those moments are the most precious moments of our lives.
10: The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on EWTN Radio and Television.
0: 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines
10: lots
1: happening in Rome today the Holy See has released the Pope's latest apostolic exhortation on climate change called Laudate Deum the Pope also today has presided over mass to open the General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops on Synodality and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has been ousted from the role of speaker in election for a new Speaker of the House is set to be held next Wednesday.
0: News the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. A lot of things going on. A lot of things going on. A lot of reasons to pray. You know, Anna Mitchell, there are a lot of people who are like, okay, so these are all the things I now have to have hot takes about. Uh, What I tend to do is I hear your news and I'm just like, all right, Anna Mitchell has got my is prayer list My prayer request list.
7: <laughs> know, so right?
0: these will be the things I'm praying about today.
1: Oh my goodness! So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I take Father Phil's point about this being a constructive dialogue, and the Pope taking the opportunity to doesn't kind of mean it's not stressful. Um, yeah, I mean the frenzy that has taken place though um, over the dubia and. Yeah. I mean,
0: meanwhile, up the road for me in D.C., like Washington. Oh, my gosh.
1: Like, it's like in flames. What exploding.
0: But, you what know, it, is it's,
1: happening. It's,
0: this goes back to, you know, what we were talking about with Father Rob last hour. If we really want to honor St. Francis, he was trying to honor Jesus. Like, what about the person you can actually do something about?
1: Which is yourself,
0: which is yourself, your family and the people you're going to meet today. Amen. Hard to fix Washington and Rome and Hollywood and New York City all in an afternoon. All in a tweet. But you got your family got your friends work on that it's 21 past
1: sacred heart radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community.
0: And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life.
1: So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer.
5: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted, quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee one 800 molly or at mollymade.com. molly made, a
13: clean you can trust. This is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent serving Northern Kentucky and Cincinnati and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Whether it's home, auto, or life insurance, I can help with any of your insurance needs. I can be reached at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com.
5: Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. 513-489-0300.
20: Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. That's Jesuitspiritualcenter.com.
1: Twenty three minutes past the hour, you're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show, Carlo Broussard. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers. You can listen to his Sunday Word podcast at Mr. Sunday And he would love to speak at your parish. Invite him through Catholic We're going through his book, The New Relativism, from Catholic Answers Press. Carlo. Good morning.
13: Good morning, Anna.
1: It is good to have you back. And we're in the section on your book on moral relativism and specifically in a chapter entitled Thou shalt not be intolerant. Now, can you remind us, expose the relativism that we find within this command from our current culture?
13: Yeah, well, first of all, I think we have to unspend the modern spin with regard to what they mean by tolerance. So, for example, the United Nations Declaration of Principles of Tolerance defines tolerance as involving the rejection of dogmatism and absolutism. In other words, tolerance means affirming that there is no absolute truth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what that means. The Mm -hmm. National Lambda Chi Alpha Fraternity uh, defined tolerance as... Uh, Every individual's beliefs, lifestyle, and perception of truth claims are equal. There is no hierarchy of truths. Your beliefs and my beliefs are equal. Mm. So notice all beliefs, and within the context of more relativism, we could include lifestyle choices, are equal and valid. Now, Anna, if (laughs) all lifestyle choices are equal and valid, then it follows no lifestyle choice is right and another is wrong which is basically the essence of moral relativism. So rather than moral relativism being dead and passe and old news, relativism is, moral relativism is alive and well, even within the current moral shame culture, which, of course, is a bit of cognitive dissonance, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So then how do we begin to refute this in an effective way?
13: Yeah, well first of all, it subverts itself, right? So if you, Anna, label me as be, being intolerant, which I never for, would, but That's right. We're just going to use you as an example here. Yes, of course. Hypothetically, if you were to label me as being intolerant for criticizing some lifestyle choice that you have, well according to your very own definition of tolerance, you would not be accepting my lifestyle choice to criticize your lifestyle choice, you see? So you would actually be violating your own moral principle of you should be tolerant. So you would be subverting your own position. Hmm. Uh, if, If you were to follow your own moral precept of thou shalt be tolerant, and accept everybody's lifestyle choices as equal and valid, well, then guess what? You would have to accept my lifestyle choice to criticize your lifestyle choice. So you can't accept – you can't follow your precept of tolerance because you would have to accept my criticism of you, uh, but you don't want to do that. And nor can you uh, abide by your view uh, – you, you would refute your view of tolerance by criticizing me you see? Mm-hmm. So it subverts itself. So the person who espouses this moral imperative is stuck between a rock and a hard place. And yeah. They're either going to have to accept, deny their criticism of me, and accept my lifestyle choice, or they're going to have to violate their own moral precept.
1: Well, it's an excellent point, though somebody might just dismiss that, Carlo, you know, saying, well, whatever. Uh, That's usually what I get when I when I respond to somebody in in that kind of way. So what are some more fundamental issues with this with this perspective on on what is tolerance?
13: Well, I think this sort of is the old school line of response to moral relativism and saying, hey, look, you know, if it's a bad thing for me to be critical of a lifestyle choice, but then does that mean I can't be critical of the lifestyle choices of serial killers, thieves, or rapists? Mm. Or what about racists? Should we not be critical of the lifestyle choice of racists? Of course not, right? So notice how this view of tolerance within contemporary culture undermines all morality. It undermines any negative moral evaluation of a lifestyle choice. Now, somebody might respond and counter and say, oh, well, serial killers, thieves and rapists and racists, that causes harm to people. Well, wait a minute. Why are you restricting harm to physical harm, right? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't there be harm of a moral nature if lifestyle choices say associated with the LGBTQ plus community are immoral, wouldn't that lead to harm, at least harm of moral character? Because those things from the classical view of natural law theory, that would be contrary to the good of human beings and thus harmful to them, even though maybe not physically, although some cases it is, but it would be harmful to them with regard to their moral character. So it would just be begging the question against the classical natural law theorists or the Catholic tradition, right? And then, you know, we, we could think about it and say, well, uh, we would view those lifestyle choices as immoral and, uh, and thus harmful. So those are a few ways that we could respond.
1: Well, we'll have to leave it there, but we'll uh, look at the alternative absolute that you've got in the book here, uh, next time we get together, Carlo. In the meantime, really appreciate you uh, taking us through this step by step um, because this is this issue in particular, and I know that it's going to be covered in different ways uh, moving forward in the book, um, is one that I think people encounter a lot in real life yeah. conversations. And you can read more about it in The New Relativism, Unmasking the Philosophy of of today's Woke moralists, You can find it through Catholic Answers Press and linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Carlo, thank
13: you. Thank you, Anna. Have a great day. You too, thanks.
1: Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The Holy See today on this feast of St. Francis of Assisi has released the Pope's latest apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, to all people of goodwill, on the climate crisis in the text the holy father expresses the need to update and to continue to implore international action eight years after the publication of his encyclical laudato si in the exhortation released today the holy father laments the failure of nations to make good on promises they've made during the various climate conferences that have taken place over the past decades he says quote despite the many negotiations and agreements global emissions continue to increase Certainly, it could be said in that without those agreements, they would have increased even more. Still, in other themes related to the environment, when there was a will, very significant results were obtained, as was the case with the protection of the ozone layer. Yet, he says, the necessary transition towards clean energy sources such as wind and solar energy and the abandonment of fossil fuels is not progressing at the necessary speed. Consequently, he says, whatever is being done risks being seen only as a ploy to distract attention. We must move beyond the mentality of appearing to be concerned, but not having the courage needed to produce substantial changes, end quote. Pope Francis also today presided over mass to open the General Assembly of the Synod on Synodality. In his homily, the Holy Father encouraged the faithful to walk with the Holy Spirit in trust and with joy. The Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith has responded to another set of questions posed to Pope Francis, another set of dubia, this time from the Czech bishops, on proper interpretation of the Pope's apostolic exhortation, Amoris Laetitia. From Vatican Radio, Francesca Merlo reports.
18: The Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith writes that the Apostolic Exhortation Amoris Letizia, by Pope Francis addresses the issue of divorced individuals in new relationships accessing the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist. It suggests that access to these sacraments is possible in cases where there are mitigating factors that reduce responsibility and guilt. This perspective is part of a pastoral approach focused on accompaniment, aiming to integrate individuals into the church beyond just receiving sacraments, such as participating in the community or church services. The document stresses that this process of discernment is not about granting permissions, but involves a personal and pastoral evaluation guided by a priest. Priests have the responsibility to accompany individuals on this discernment journey with guidance from the bishop. The ordinary of a diocese can establish criteria to assist priests in this process. Regarding the evaluation of individual situations, the dicastery emphasizes that it's a pastoral journey of discernment for each person. The priest plays a role in welcoming and guiding the individual, but ultimately it's the individual's responsibility to present their conscience formed by the church's guidance to assess the possibility of accessing the sacraments. In cases where a declaration of nullity is possible, recourse to the ecclesiastical tribunal is part of the discernment process. However, in more complex situations where such a declaration isn't possible, a path of discernment may still lead to a personal encounter with Jesus Christ through the sacraments. The document suggests that divorced and remarried individuals should reflect on various aspects, including their behavior during the marital crisis, attempts at reconciliation, the situation of the abandoned partner, and the impact of the new relationship on their family and the church community. I'm Francesca Merlo. An election for the new Speaker
1: of the House is set to be held next Wednesday. Members leaving the House GOP conference meeting said a candidate forum for Speaker will be held next Tuesday with the election held the following day. The House of Representatives will be in recess until next week. Kevin McCarthy says he will not be running again following the Chamber's decision to vote him out of his position in a historic vote forced by Florida Congressman Matt Gates. North Carolina Congressman Patrick McHenry is now acting speaker until the new speaker election is held. Cell phones across the country will be getting an emergency alert today. The federal government is conducting a nationwide test of the emergency alert system this afternoon. FEMA and the FCC are running the test to make sure the alert system is running smoothly in case Americans are threatened by natural disasters, terrorism or other emergencies The jolt sound should start hitting phones around 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the news. It's 35 past the hour.
9: Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by you. Yes, your donations make Catholic Radio possible, so to give a gift of any amount, please visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click Donate or call 513-731-7740 and thank you. Support for
12: Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller-Knockleman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller-Knockleman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. schneller Knockelman Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. A wedding is
3: a day, a marriage is a lifetime.
10: Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
3: This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage.
10: Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. covington It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. Francis of Assisi, Wednesday,
1: October the 4th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller-Nockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, online at skpha.com. Still feels like summer today. Showers move in tomorrow. Right now, temperatures in the lower 60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, mostly sunny to mostly cloudy today and a high of 86 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 64. Mostly cloudy start for Cincinnati tomorrow with some afternoon showers and a high of 80. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, mostly sunny morning, partly cloudy this afternoon and a high of 87. Increasing clouds tonight with an overnight low of 64. Cloudy tomorrow morning, then off and on rain showers in the afternoon with a high of 77. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show, Father Sebastian Wall. She's an overteen at St. Michael's in California and author of the book from Catholic Answers Press, Heart of the Gospel How the Beatitudes Show Us God's Plan for Happiness. Father Sebastian, welcome back to the show.
21: Oh, thank you so much, Annie. It's so good to be back. How are you doing?
1: I am doing fine. So much better to get to talk to you. And uh, <laughs> I have been waiting to talk about this book, and I'm so excited that we get to start a new series with you on it um, about the Beatitudes. Now, the word Beatitude, I think, is something that we Christians just sort of let wash over us without giving much thought as to what mm-hmm. it actually means, right? So could you start us off by defining what is a beatitude? What is beatitude?
7: Yes,
21: so the Greek word that 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 English word is translating is makarioi, um, and it's found in the Scripture about 100 different times in the Greek uh, text. If you have the uh, Greek New Testament, which that's the original language of the New Testament, a little over 50 times you find that word And in the Old Testament, Septuagint, you find it about 50, a little over 50 times as well. One way to translate it would be something like happiness, but it has a different connotation in the scriptures. It's it's the word that's used to describe the very happiness or blessedness of Jesus in heaven and of God, the, the persons of the Trinity in heaven. It certainly implies not only a state of kind of emotional satisfaction or well-being, but it implies a super supernatural state of perfection joy bliss you know so it's that kind of happiness we're talking about blessedness so sometimes it'll be just translated as blessed are but it's a beautiful word and it and it refers to the the fulfillment of the greatest desires of the human heart and even more than fulfilling the human heart so that's first of all what what the word means now what is a beatitude in the scripture well a beatitude is, is basically a brief instruction from our Lord <clears throat> given in poetic form that teaches us how to find lasting and divine happiness, that very happiness that the word makari or signifies. And each beatitude basically has a first part and a second part. For example, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, right? Mm-hmm. So the first part is describes a kind of condition for merit. And then the second part gives you the reward, basically. Huh? And so each beatitude, each of the eight beatitudes found in St. Matthew's Gospel, is that brief instruction with that poetic form that teaches us about divine and everlasting happiness. But each one has that condition for merit and then the reward that's appropriate to it.
1: I mean, so many of these are really counterintuitive, aren't they, Father? I mean, Mm. not contained in the beatitudes are blessed are the (laughs) moneymakers.
21: In fact, that's one of the woes that Jesus gives in St. Luke's Gospel. Woe to you who are rich, he says, you know. So the, um, yeah, the counterintuitive nature of the Beatitudes is perhaps the first sign that tells you this isn't just ordinary emotional satisfaction or human happiness the way we tend to think about it in modern, you know, language. Because um, that's hardly compatible with a Beatitude like blessed are those who mourn right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's um, it's exactly a state of emotional pain, and yet there's this blessedness that comes with it. And many of the Beatitudes are like that. Blessed are the poor, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the persecuted, huh? And so what we find is that God is trying to teach us through these Beatitudes that the human heart does not work the way you expect it to. The human heart is like a very complicated device that works in the opposite way than you expect it to. The prophet Jeremiah referred to this um, when he said, more tortuous than all else is a human heart. Beyond remedy, who can understand it? I alone probe the mind and test the heart, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. We expect to find happiness in money, in physical pleasure, in emotional satisfaction, in the praise of men. But instead, what we find is that people who seek those things with all their heart end up being really sad and ultimately very unhappy people. <clears throat> so the Lord Jesus teaches us, no, it works the other way. And, you know, as someone who's avowed religious, who took avowed poverty and chastity and obedience, I can say that, that as far as my own life and the life of the people I live with, we're among the happiest people I know. Hmm. So Jesus really was right about that. He was right about the way to find true happiness, even, even beginning in this life.
1: Well, Father, I want to reflect on the title of your book, Heart hmm? of the Gospel. How are the Beatitudes at the heart of the teachings of Jesus? Hmm.
21: So I make an assertion at the very beginning of my book that says that Beatitudes are as important to the teachings of Jesus as the Ten Commandments were to the teaching of Moses. Wow. And I think everyone knows that the Ten Commandments were at the heart of the teaching of Moses. huh? That's uh, the central thing that Moses left for us. huh? And even St. Matthew gives an indication of that. He quotes directly a passage from Exodus when it talks about Jesus going up the mountain. It's word for word taken from Exodus, the same phrase that was used to describe Moses as going up the mountain when... He went up to receive the Ten Commandments from our Lord of Mount Sinai. And even the Sermon on the Mount is divided into five parts, just like we have the Pentateuch from Moses and so forth. There's a bunch of different, really fascinating details like that. But um, everything in Jesus's moral doctrine, what he taught about happiness and attaining happiness is found in seminal form in these eight Beatitudes. And that's the reason why he opens the Sermon on the Mount with these eight Beatitudes You know, in the old law, you had commandments that basically said, do this and don't do that or else, right? You were being told sort of like a child being told by his parent, like, you know, just do these things. Right. And the commandments are are kind of an extrinsic and outside force telling you do this or don't do that or else. But Jesus instead draws our heart. Right. Remember, he said, when the son of man is lifted up, he'll draw all men to himself. Right. He pulls from our heart rather than pushes it. And he teaches us how to find happiness. He tries to attract us um, by love rather than compel us by fear through the Beatitudes. And so it's a more perfect way of leading us to that um, that happiness that Jesus himself experiences. Everything that Jesus teaches in his moral doctrine is in some way found um, and finds its culmination in perfection in the practice of and the living out of the Beatitudes.
1: Well, I'm excited to have you as a guide as we dive into these Beatitudes in uh, c- coming conversations with you. Father Sebastian Walsh, his book is Heart of the Gospel and it's from Catholic Answers Press and you can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Father, it was so good to talk to you. Thank you.
21: Thank you so much, Annie. God bless
1: you. You too, Father. Thank you very much. I really am so looking forward to going through this book. Um, If you've never read Father's book, Secrets from Heaven, which um, unpacks some of the uh, encounters that Jesus had and sayings and parables and the like, um, that is an excellent book that I learned, I learned so much from Father Sebastian and that. And so um, with that in mind, I am just so excited to get to dive into the Beatitudes with him in the future. So again, Heart of the Gospels, How the Beatitudes Show Us God's Plan for Happiness at shop.catholic.com or linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Today, the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. We will be talking about him a whole lot more, the real Real St. Francis of Assisi. Coming up next, it's 14 till. Pro-life
7: across America, the
22: it's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marian Koharski, director of Pro Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org.
15: Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep. We all started small. Pro-Life Across
0: Mystic Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend, and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show.
1: Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission.
0: And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug. Find those in our online store.
1: Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com.
0: The most
11: original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN
9: Radio. You know, we talk story with each of our very unique guests for the whole hour so that you can go deep with us as you yourself pursue your own story of heroic virtue and as you pursue intimacy with God.
10: The Bear Wozniak Adventure, Saturday night, 6 Eastern on EWTN Radio.
13: Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Kathagans Who's Live, John Martinoni, Dr. Edward Sree. Wow, that's a good one. Kath Gansu's Who's Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna
0: Mitchell, I want to toss the headlines, but that Bear Wozniak Oh promo I just know! Now
1: that was you really want some
0: barbecue.
1: Oh my gosh. I was like, yeah. Like, I'm so I'm hungry. like grooving with bear, and then I'm like bobbing my head with Maybe some With sidekillet, so sauce. good, so good. All right, I think I'm back in a good headspace. Yeah, the headline. there's a lot to talk about in headlines. The Holy See today has released the Pope's latest apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis. Also today in Rome, the Pope. Opened with mass, the General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops on Synodality, which will be taking place throughout the month of October. And in Washington, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy ousted from his position an election for a new Speaker of the House is set to be held next Wednesday.
0: News at the top and bottom of each hour, every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And, uh, Anna Mitchell, there's so much to talk about on this Feast of St. Francis. Uh, at the beginning of the hour, I wish a happy feast day to all the Franks and Francis's and mm-hmm. everybody, uh, you know, in that name family this morning. Uh, all the parishes. All the after,
1: Francesca's.
0: Uh, all those people. The um, The Francis I.S. Francis's and the Francis E.S. Francis's. Mm-hmm. So you've got Although I
1: mean those. there are Saint Fran there's like, you know Fran- Frances. I mean the, there are other saints named Frances.
0: General rule but. is that if you're a boy you shorten it to Frank. If you are a lady, you shorten it to Fran.
1: Although leave the K off. I really love the name Francesca and think it would be really cute to call a little girl Frankie. Little Francesca call her Frankie. Looks like you're guys, not into more that.
0: babies. <laughs> So I uh, also want to give a shout-out. Uh, I heard him on the promo. I meant to do this earlier. Uh, Father Joseph Mary Wolf and all the folks from the Franciscan yes. Missionaries of the Eternal Word. Big feast Happy for feast them day. as well. I wanted to shout-out also John uh, from the Lego Church Project. I feel like this should be an unofficial feast day or maybe even an official, official feast day for him in the Lego Church Project because what did Francis hear from Jesus? To go rebuild the church. What does John do over at the Lego Church Project? Just constantly... Uh, building and rebuilding churches. So there you go. And there are many others, right? There are many. I mean, you went to a Franciscan high school, right?
1: I did indeed. Roger Bacon High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a big day for them. And uh, one of two, there's one, I think, one other Franciscan high school in the country. Of course, we have Franciscan University of Steubenville. There's St. Bonaventure University in New York, another big uh, Franciscan place. San
0: Diego Padres mascot is a Franciscan friar.
1: Happy Feast Day, Padres. Hope Who are you're watching in, the playoffs from open, home. Hope you're enjoying the playoffs on TV like the rest of us. Yes, yeah.
0: indeed. Yeah, yeah. So there are many. And uh, we talked also uh, earlier in the show about various patronages of the dioceses and uh, St. Francis patron of a number of American dioceses. But you got some actually feedback because you had asked like how he became – yeah, yeah. The uh, the the patron of some of these dioceses, and you actually somebody actually helped us out on this.
1: Yeah, Daniel wrote in because I was wondering what were the. Uh, let me pull up the list here. There were, I mean, San Francisco makes sense to me, but then sure, there Santa was Fe. Denver, Colorado, Metuchen, New Jersey, Salina, Kansas, and not that I oppose St. Francis being patron far from it but was just kind of you know like what you wanted answers I wanted answers I wanted to news. know what it was and so Daniel from the diocese of is it Salina or Salina Kansas I think, it's I think Salina Salina Kansas now you're going to get another email yeah he says the diocese has two patrons the Immaculate Conception of Mary and St. Francis of Assisi in central Kansas particularly Ellis County was ministered by a group of Capuchin Franciscans from Pittsburgh. In fact, the Volga Germans who came to Ellis County were to do were were important. That the bishop gave the entire area of Ellis County north of the Smoky Hill River to the Capuchins. And they've been in Victoria, Kansas, since 1878. And he says the diocese is full of wildlife and cattle, of which St. Francis is. Patron. So happy feast day. Makes sense to me. Yeah.
0: Makes sense to me. Well, there
1: you
13: go.
0: And there's so much in his story. uh, It's hard to cover all of it. And we've covered aspects of it. Of course, last hour, Father Rob Jack was talking about his encounter with the leper. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, some some of the kind of highlights. He was born into kind of an upper middle class family. His parents were uh, in the cloth merchant industry. He had a good education, uh, but he, you know, was kind of a wild child. Uh, He was a soldier. He you know, that's part of his story as well. Um he even spent a little time as a P.O.W. but he had a conversion experience, um and part of that was Christ calling him to, to rebuild his church and Francis began taking things very seriously. He did rebuild a little church called the Little Portion Church, which you can still find in a CZ and which oh I know gosh. Teresa Tomio's been to uh many times.
1: I've been to You've been to it. And it is incredible to go a, and see that. Um, well, you mentioned, Matt, how I went to a Franciscan high school. And I kind of, I think I've talked about this on on the show before, but I, I almost feel like I have Franciscanism sort of coursing through my veins in some ways. Um, my my dad grew up at a Franciscan parish here in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and his mom and his aunts, as the Franciscans sadly started becoming a smaller and smaller group and and sort of, I don't want to, leaving parishes, I guess you could say, to kind of consolidate into fewer and fewer parishes. My my grandma and then subsequently my aunts, after she died, um, would follow the Franciscans around because they loved the Franciscans so much. And so going to Assisi was, was really this experience of being in touch with not just St. Francis, but being in touch with the communion of saints um with with my heritage in a way, so when I saw the Portuncula church, um I had this experience that I was not expecting. I had to sit down and just look at it like this is where it began yeah and and it was just such an incredible moment to to be there. I mean the Portuncula is kind of like a kind of a relic. I guess you could say, I mean, the, the body of St. Francis is in is in CZ, and you can go visit it. But there was something about seeing that little church, um, that little portion of a church um, where where it all began for St. Francis was just I mean, I really I highly recommend it to people go see it.
0: You know, there's also the, the encounter with him and the sultan, mm-hmm. uh, right? Uh, there's also the stigmata. We haven't even gotten to <laughs> that, right? Yeah. There's um, just his popularity across uh, various places. Um, you know, one of the things that strikes me, since we've got a new letter from uh, the Holy Father, and he has emphasized this in the letter, is, you know, so, so often when people talk about caring for the earth, they talk about caring for nature. And St. Right. Francis is like, It's not just nature, man. It's creation. Creation. (laughs) Right? He talks about creation pointing to its creator. And uh, the purpose is not to just say, you know, humans are bad. We got to save a tree. It's saying God gave us these things and they point us to him. How many people do we know who found God by walking in the woods and said, who do I thank for all
7: this?
1: Well, one example of that would be uh, the cedars of Lebanon that are disappearing um, quite quickly. And it's like, how are we going to understand scripture if we don't have that Those references just as one example? On. Yeah. yeah.
0: So remember, creation sure, but creator is who it all comes from. Amen. And it points back to him. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
9: Did you just receive a Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt because you took our listener survey? One thing the survey told us was how many of you found out about Sacred Heart Radio from our bumper magnets. So imagine how many more will know where they can hear about God's love and mercy by wearing your Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt. So thank you for letting the good news be told without saying a word every time you wear your sacred heart radio t-shirt and by ordering our bumper magnets by going to sacredheartradio.com and clicking on signs and magnets why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when bros art pharmacy
5: a proud supporter of sacred heart radio can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality bros art pharmacy fast friendly service without the wait at
9: brosartpharmacy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at
6: Hoting.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide, while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult to machine materials. Find out more at theabrasive1.com. That's the number one, the abrasive one. Dot com.
5: You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at
10: fortmitchellgarage.com.
9: Support us from Solidarity Share.
10: Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
20: Take control of
16: your healthcare and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare, 855-954-5688.
3: Solidarity HealthShare, 855-954-5688. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
10: What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives.
3: More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass.
10: More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com.
9: I'm Deacon Joe Grody from St. Michael's in Sharonville. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com.
0: We continue on this Wednesday, the 4th of October, by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, a prayer of St. Francis of Assisi on this, his feast day. Almighty, eternal, just and merciful God, grant us in our misery the grace to do for you alone what we know that you want us to do, and always to desire what pleases you. Thus, inwardly cleansed, interiorly enlightened, and inflamed by the fire of the Holy Spirit, may we be able to follow in the footprints of your beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And by your grace alone, may we make our way to you Most High, who live in tr- and rule in perfect trinity and simple unity, and are glorified God, all-powerful, forever and ever. Amen. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. A better way to start a Wednesday, the Sunrise Morning Show, here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lachman at the controls. And up this hour, we will talk to Laura Streetman with a pro-life news update from Cincinnati Right to Life. Pastoral Counselor Kevin Prendergast has some great thoughts on mental health for us this morning. Uh, we'll discuss more aspects of classical education with Brendan Hodge. And then Father Rob Jack had a great story earlier this morning about... Uh, his sort of St. Francis and the leper moment, and uh, looking very much forward to sharing that at the end of the hour for those of you who missed it earlier. So stay with us if you can. Right now, it is two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and com. Here's Anna Mitchell.
7: Good
1: morning. The Holy See today has released the Pope's apostolic exhortation, Laudate Deum, to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis. In the text, released specifically for this Feast of St. Francis, the Holy Father expresses the need to update and continue to implore action eight years after the publication of his encyclical, Laudato Si. He says, quote, "...this situation has to do not only with physics or biology, but also with the economy and the way we conceive it. The mentality of maximum gain at minimal cost, disguised in terms of reasonableness, progress, and illusory promises makes impossible any sincere concern for our common home and any real preoccupation about assisting the poor and the needy discarded by our society. He says in closing, praise God is the title of this letter for when human beings claim to take God's place, they become their own worst enemies, end quote. The Pope presided over mass earlier today to open the General Assembly of the Synod of Bishops on Synodality. In his homily, the Holy Father encouraged the faithful to walk with the Holy Spirit in trust and with joy. And reflecting on the life of today's saint, he reflected on the call to go and repair my church. He said, the synod serves to remind us of this. Our mother, the church, is always in need of purification. And he encouraged the faithful to take up, quote, only the weapons of the gospel, humility and unity, prayer and charity. Meanwhile, in Washington, an election for the new Speaker of the House is set to be held next Wednesday. Members leaving the House GOP conference meeting said a candidate forum for speaker will be held next Tuesday with the election held the following day. The House of Representatives will be in recess until next week. Kevin McCarthy says he will not be running again following the chamber's decision to vote him out of his position in the historic vote vote. Forced by Florida Congressman Matt Gates, North Carolina Congressman Patrick Henry is now acting speaker until the new speaker election can be held. Former House Speaker Newt Gingrich is calling on House Republicans to expel Gates over this. Mark Mayfield reports. In an op-ed
2: for the Washington Post
1: does not appear that that soundbite is going to work. We'll move on. Ford Motor Company and General Motors are laying off an additional 500 employees as the United Auto Workers strike continues. Ford is laying off 330 workers in Chicago and in Lima, Ohio at their factories. GM says 164 workers are being furloughed at its metal centers in Marion, Indiana and in Parma, Ohio. Cell phones across the country will be getting an emergency alert today. The federal government is conducting a nationwide test of the emergency alert system this afternoon. FEMA and the FCC are running the test to make sure the alert system is running smoothly in case case Americans are threatened by natural disasters, terrorism, or other emergencies. The jolting sound should start hitting cell phones at about 2.20 p.m. Eastern time, and the test window will run for about 30 minutes During the alert, a message on your phone will say, quote, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed, end quote. And the FCC is issuing its first ever fine for space debris. The agency announced it reached a settlement with DISH Network on Monday over the company failing to properly dispose of a broadcast communications satellite. DISH agreed to pay a $150,000 fine. The FCC said making sure operators comply with their commitments will be a concern as satellite operations become more prevalent and the space economy accelerates. I feel like I'm in the Jetsons. 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lachman. I'm glad that that
8: was your last story because my first story is about FCC.
1: Ah, yeah, that's right. Yeah,
8: they're back on the pitch tonight. I really don't have that many sports stories, but how about this? Uh, The Orange and Blue will take on the New York Red Bulls at TQL Stadium. Cincinnati coming off a uh, weekend win. First place in the Eastern Conference with 65 points and got a supporter shield. To go with it that uh, means they're the best team in the MLS this season or regular season. Speaking of uh, no longer the regular season, how about the postseason? MLB postseason is now underway. Rangers picked up a 4-0 shutout win over the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, boy, yeah, I guess uh, not the biggest audience to see it. Smallest audience since 1919 World Series. Hey, I think we are in that one. We were. All right. Uh, Minnesota picked up their first win in a uh, playoff game in 18 uh, tries. They uh, picked up a 3-1 victory over the Blue Jays. So uh, exciting stuff there in the National League. Arizona came back with a 6-3 win over Milwaukee. Philadelphia knocked off Miami 4-1. And I was listening to uh, you and... Matt earlier talk about all the, the former this is the time to watch all the former Reds out there. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of there are a couple good ones out there. So um, you know, Nick Castellanos and Kyle oh. Farmer was mentioned and uh Sonny Gray pitching oh, for yeah. Minnesota. They also have uh Donovan Solano, he was a one year guy. But uh it yeah, so um the sad news is Michael Lorenzen didn't make the Phillies uh playoff what? roster. I right know. So Maybe maybe if they advance around, maybe they they might need them. Hmm. So, okay, I don't know. That that's uh, that is uh, unfortunately the. Uh,
1: don't you get to expand to your do. roster for the playoffs? Uh,
8: or is that like no? Is that
1: not a baseball thing? Uh, you expand
8: your that? roster in uh, September. Well, yeah, but not,
1: not oh, for the, yeah okay. not for
8: not for the playoffs and and you need to have those players up before the expansion. Sure. To be eligible, sure to be on the sure, playoffs. Sure. I'm okay. pretty sure.
1: So was Laurent, he's
8: in AAA now? No, he's not in AAA. He's just off the, he's He's just, he's just, he's just, he's just hanging about. He's, he's, he'll, he's waiting around. All right. So he's on the 40 man roster. So he's not in AAA or anything. He's, he's, he's good. He's still good enough to be in the bigs. That's good. Awesome. Glad to hear it. Well, let's get to uh, traffic now. Traffic and service of Larkin, Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. On the web at Larkincob.com, Take it away.
1: Got a few slow spots to report to kick us off this morning. Westbound 275 toward the top of the loop. You're slowing from Ward's Corner up toward the 71 Interchange. 71 South is slow between Fields, Ertel, and the Norwood Lateral. Southbound 75. You start off heavy from Union Center Boulevard down toward the Lachlan Split. And then it really slows down as you're getting through that squeeze. Eastbound 74. Slowing from North Bend into the 75 interchange in northern Kentucky. Northbound 71, 75. Slowing from Florence Yall up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471 from Alexandria Pike up to the river. And westbound 275 at the bottom of the loop from Madison Pike over toward Mineola Pike through that construction. Now, for weather, still feels like summer. On October the 4th here in Cincinnati mostly sunny to mostly cloudy today and a high of 86 degrees mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 64 start off mostly cloudy tomorrow and then can expect some afternoon showers with a high of 80 degrees for the Miami Valley Dayton area mostly sunny this morning partly cloudy this afternoon a high of 87 increasing clouds tonight with an overnight low of 64 Cloudy tomorrow morning, then off and on rain showers in the afternoon with a high of 77 degrees. Today is Wednesday, October the 4th. It is the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Talk more about one aspect of his life and how we can apply his example to our own with Father Rob Jack at the end of the hour. Hope you can stick around for it right now back with us on the Sunrise Morning Show Laura Streetman from Cincinnati right to life good morning Laura Good morning so uh, the Ohio abortion report just got released can you uh, give us the can I really say highlights is that the right word for it what's important uh, out of
22: it Yeah you know it's like what I said there's some good news but of course every abortion report is bad news so in Ohio in 2022 there were 18,488 losses of pre-born life here in our state. Um, of course, we grieve for the, these children, their mothers, their fathers, and the future generation, generations lost because of these children never getting a chance to be born. Um, and Ohio's heartbeat law was enacted last summer, as we know, with the fall of Roe, and it prevented abortions in Ohio on babies with heartbeats for two and a half months. So this is why there is a little bit of good news. We saw a drop in Ohio abortions of about 15%. So the previous year, we had 21,813 abortions. Um, So this 18,488 number is historically low. And it's about half the number of abortions in Ohio than even 10 years ago, Annie. And this I know this report shows that Ohio, you know, heartbeat law or heartbeat law saved lives. And also just common sense restrictions and safety standards saved lives. That's what we can see over the last mm. 10 years. Yeah. So, you know, also shows us, Annie, how concerned we need to be about issue one that's on the November 7th ballot. It would permit abortions up to the moment of birth in Ohio and how um, this amendment would enshrine this into our constitution. And the way the amendment is written, the treating physician would be the determine, which is the abortionist, would determine if a woman's life or health was at risk. And this is just really important to know because the other glaring statistic in the report is that there were 342 abortions in Ohio on babies 19 weeks gestation or later. Oh, and God. these babies I know felt pain and of course every abortion is violent and horrible but late term abortion is particularly barbaric and yeah. while planned parenthood wants us to believe these late term abortions take place for health and safety reasons we know from our own their own research arm that less than 1% of post viability abortions take place for medical reasons mm-hmm. So we all need to be aware of this and understand what is happening in Ohio now and then what we're facing come November 7th.
1: Well, and with issue one would um, basically, am I right, eliminate the, the safety protocols that would be placed on a surgical center like an abortion clinic they would not have to abide by things like having a a hallway wide enough to put a stretcher through if somebody were to have some kind of a complication with a surgery, right? Like, just to put it in sterile terms.
22: (laughs) Right, right. Yes, and that's absolutely correct, and we are seeing that happening in Michigan right now. Mm -hmm. Those laws of health and safety standards are being challenged in Michigan because they had this broad amendment, and they did not defeat it. And now they have legalized full-term abortion in Michigan, and all of their health and safety standards are being challenged, and that is what would happen in Ohio. So here we've seen this massive reduction in lives being saved because we are protecting women and babies in the womb with our laws, and you are right, Annie, all of those would be out the door. It's just it's it's a very scary time in Ohio for the next month. Yeah. Well...
1: Just uh, continue to to educate and advocate on behalf of, of the unborn and for their mothers in these situations and uh, explain just how bad a portion is for both parties um, in that regard. Now, of course, the other thing that we do in addition to, to prayer and advocacy, or I just said prayer and advocacy, I meant education and advocacy. In addition, we also pray... And uh, 40 Days for Life is certainly a great way to get involved in that prayer.
22: That's absolutely right. So it kicked off last week in Cincinnati and across America and even internationally. We know there are many 40 Days for Life locations. And this is the prayerful and peaceful presence on the sidewalk in front of abortion facilities across the world and here in Cincinnati. This is on Auburn Avenue across the street from Christ Hospital in clifton very close to the university of cincinnati and we know this campaign saved lives because oftentimes women see the people praying and think farther about their decision and we know that prayer witnesses even speak to the women and men entering these facilities and often the conversation changes minds you know we know women want to be heard they want to be seen and cared for and everyone we invite you to participate in this campaign and you can find out more it'll run through november 5th the sunday before the november 7th election so this mm. is a particularly important time to be praying and witnessing and you can find out more at our website or um, at the 40 days for life website by searching cincinnati
1: yep 40 the number 40 days life dot com slash cincinnati and of course cincinnati right to life linked at sunrisemorningshow.com as well, and one other way to witness this week, Laura, is the Ohio March for Life on Friday.
22: Right. Well, let's hope that thousands of us are going up 71 South. It's Ohio's March for Life. 71 North in, from Cincinnati. 71 North. North. Okay, yes, Don't sorry. go south. You'll end, end up in Louisville. Go, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, 71 North, and um, we invite everyone to join us for the day and. Mass is at the cathedral in Columbus at 9 a.m. Just blocks from the state house, the Capitol building, and then there'll be music and speakers on the lawn, and vendors, and uh, before the march begins at noon. And of course, again, this is the year, and it's most you know especially important to be present and show that Ohio does not stand for abortion through nine months, and we do not stand for it becoming enshrined into our constitution.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then we're getting close to the Golden Evening for Life Banquet.
22: We absolutely are. That's just over two weeks away. It'll be two weeks from Thursday that I'll get to see you in person, not just speak on the radio. And that's October 19th, Thursday at the Sharonville Convention Center. Ticket sales are brisk. And we please invite all of you to come, especially this year as we're all praying and working and worried and you know about what is going to happen in our state let's all come together and honor the fact that pro-lifers no matter what happens we carry on and we lift and support each other and we stand for the unique human person created in the image and likeness of god absolutely
1: you can find cincinnati right to life linked at sunrise morning dot com i am honored to be serving again as the mc for the evening for life and really hope to get to see so many Sunrise Morning Show listeners on October 19th. So head over to Cincinnati Right to Life and get a ticket. Join us in celebrating 50 years of protecting life. Laura Streetman, as always, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. It's 19 past. We're back right after this with Traffic and Weather. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join
16: me this afternoon for Driving Home to Faith when Father Ken Juracy will discuss his book, Spiritual Warfare and Divine Mercy. Dr. Joseph Salot will show the news from the National Catholic Bioethics Center. I will talk about staying hopeful in the midst of rejection, a frequent traffic, and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon, beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio.
7: You're on the road to Christ the King.
9: Food makes the party. And you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finer Meats on Bridgetown Road. 513-574-3100 on the web at
6: bridgetownfinermeats.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one. TheAbrasiveOne.com. TheAbrasiveOne.com.
5: For Catholics, being united with God for eternity is the goal of earthly life. A Catholic cemetery is sacred because it holds our bodies, once temples of the Holy Spirit, until the Lord comes again. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati has consecrated Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery to provide this ministry and remind us that life is not ended, but changed. Today, you can ensure that you and your loved ones are interred in accordance with your faith. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org.
1: 21 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive, pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton, on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Got an accident on the right shoulder of southbound 75 at Galbraith. So you're stacked up behind it through the Lachlan split. And you'll remain heavy and back toward Union Center Boulevard. Eastbound 74 remains slow from North Bend into the 75 interchange. From there, northbound, you'll be running slow until you get to about Ronald Reagan. Southbound 71 on the brakes from Field Zertle to the Norwood lateral. Northbound 71, 75 still slowing from Mall Road up to the cut in the hill westbound 275 at the bottom of the loop is slowing through the construction from Madison Pike over toward Mineola Pike and northbound 471 slowing from Grand Avenue up to the river. Now for weather mostly sunny to mostly cloudy today in Cincinnati with a high of 86 degrees. Mostly cloudy tonight with an overnight low of 64 mostly cloudy start to the day tomorrow with afternoon showers coming in and a high of 80. for the Miami Valley Dayton area mostly sunny this morning giving way to partly cloudy skies this afternoon with a high of 87 increasing clouds tonight with an overnight low of 64. cloudy tomorrow morning then off and on rain showers in the afternoon and a high of 77 degrees now please join with me the novena prayer the 54 day novena ahead of the november election and issue one in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen ever living god you give life and desire a future for all your children take hold of our nation state and community and awaken in every heart all for the gift of life send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, protector of the unborn, pray for us. Our Catholic counselor, Kevin Prendergast, is next. It's 23 past. Support for Sacred
5: Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org.
9: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at dellhighpetcenter.com. That's dellhighpetcenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenschide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky, Fred Espencheid, your pro-life plumber, 859-441-0950, 859-441-0950.
6: Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at daytonlife.org. That's daytonlife.org. Sacred
0: Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at larkincobb.com. Joined now by pastoral counselor Kevin Prendergast, a licensed counselor with plenty of experience as a seminary instructor, also in private practice. Kevin, good morning.
12: Hey, good morning, Matt.
0: So there are people out there who would say there's no such thing as demonic possession. There's it's all mental illness. But I've also met people who say there's no such thing as mental illness. It's all demonic possession. You've worked <laughs> with priests and pastors and bishops long enough to know uh, there's all kinds of different things that can cause distress in a person's life. So what's a good way to frame this conversation?
12: Yeah, so the intention of our Holy Father for this month of September is we pray for those living on the margins of society. And just because of my work and experience, uh, where my mind goes right away is to the people who, you know, and, and I've run into things that you can't explain just by mental illness, and we can't reduce all of Jesus' miracles to simply, you know, he was a very good therapist and, you know, cured people of their mental illness. But there, but I think in our days, we understand a little bit that some of what was going on there, when we look at a lot of the cures that he has, uh, the boy who throws himself into fire because he's having convulsions, the Gerasene demoniac, we'll talk about him, Mary Magdalene, afflicted with seven demons. So there is a demonic power. We have an enemy for sure. Uh, and the the thing that uh, the image or the story that sticks in my mind, when I was a freshman in high school, I was about 13 years old in Cleveland in the inner city. Uh, a priest uh, would take some of us, he recruited a group of guys to go to an inner city school and do some tutoring and on one of those visits, he would drive us down, we'd have conversations in the car. So we pulled up at this light and there's uh, an older gentleman on the street corner uh, talking to the lamppost and rooting through a garbage can and looked like he hadn't showered in a couple of years and ragged clothes and wild eyes. And uh, Father Tom got stopped, got out of the car, went over and gave this man a hug and talked to him for a second and patted him on the shoulder and then came back to the car and he said, He's one of ours. Now, that's always stuck with me. I don't know why, but that is like one of the most profound things and it kind of sets some motion in in my life. You with know, why I'm it, in the work. Yeah. It's mm-hmm.
0: so great that you mentioned that story. <clears throat> I have a friend who grew up Muslim, uh, had a conversion to Christianity, was a, uh, at a big Presbyterian megachurch in New York City. For a little mm-hmm. while, but had sort of a crisis of of uh, you know the divisions in Christianity were really bothering him, and he wasn't sure where he should be going, and so he decided he'd go pray in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, just in a time when there wasn't a mass going on, and he's there praying, and several pews behind him, uh, he hears this woman who's in obvious mental distress crying loudly, and he sees mm-hmm. a security guard walk over, and he thinks to himself, "Oh man, she's in trouble." He's gonna He's going to do something about this, and he sees the security guard give her a hug, and he's like, all right. I know which church I need to join. <laughs> right,
12: yeah, that's a it's great the same story. Kind of principle. Yeah, it's exactly it, and and I think there's a couple of things here. Like in our society, obviously we have a problem with mental illness and with homelessness, and but there's a lot of myths to it. So I think a lot of us are afraid of the people who are different, the other. And I think that's what our Holy Father is getting at the people on the margins. Uh, so we have these, you know, the the figures that come from the government, you know, recently are probably 85 percent of the homeless are single adults. So they're by themselves. They're, you in my experience, they're alienated from their family. Two-thirds of them are male. About 30%, one in three, have a mental illness, and more than half have a substance abuse order or co-occurring. And that only in a big uh, government study, only about 3% of people with serious mental illness ever commit a violent act. So that's the myth that we have is these people are crazy. They're dangerous. We need to avoid them. And it's not just on the street. You know, our, our Holy Father says he walks through the streets of Rome, and he carries money with him, and he always gives money to uh, whoever asks him on the street. Okay, some people would disagree with that. Uh, some people think it's wonderful. We have to make our own decision. But being on the streets, one thing. The other one would be uh, people in our own congregation. So my experience with families of so folks who have mental illness this is this is uh, can be a lifelong burden. Uh, we have people in our congregations who. Uh, Parents who have adult children who are severely developmentally delayed are on the autism spectrum severely uh, have schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression. And we have people probably listening right now who are married or have a child at home who has one of these very disabling conditions. So we're not just talking about in we hear a lot about mental health in the media. These are the severe mental illness where people are impaired. They have difficulty working, and they're isolated. Go back and read Mark 5, the Gerasene demoniac. Wonderful story there because he's obviously whatever, depression, grief. He's up in the burial tombs. People try to chain him. Actually, in parts of Africa, people still do that, uh, chain the schizophrenic to a tree, right, because there's not mental help available. And then he's isolated from the community. And what does Jesus do at the end? He casts out that demon and gives him back to his village, to his community, right? So I think that's a powerful message is if we look around our congregation not to be afraid or upset or mad that somebody might be acting out during the Mass or is acting odd and we just want to avoid them and run away, but can we reach out to the parents and family members who are struggling to care for their loved one? There's a great national organization, NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and to connect people with support groups, but just the support of our, you know, in our neighborhood and especially in our parish community, that we reach out to people in our, our family who are struggling with mental illness or caring for somebody who's afflicted with you know, some of these mental demons.
0: Well, we are the body of Christ. Uh, When one part suffers, the whole body suffers, as Paul says. Mm -hmm. Um, So how can we find those parts that are suffering and heal them and make them more integrated into the community of the full body? So, Mm
12: -hmm. Kevin Prendergast,
0: great stuff this morning. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon.
12: Yeah, thanks, Matt. God bless.
0: All right. It is 31 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news
1: see today has released the Pope's apostolic exhortation to all people of goodwill on the climate crisis called Laudate Deum. In the text, the Holy Father expresses the need to update and continue to implore action eight years after the publication of his encyclical Laudato Si. In the eg- exhortation, the Holy Father laments the failure of nations to make good on promises they've made during the various climate conferences that have taken place over the past decades. He says, quote, Despite the many negotiations and agreements, global emissions continue to increase. Certainly, it could be said that without those agreements, they would have increased even more. Still, in other themes related to the environment, when there was a will, very significant results were obtained, as was the case with the protection of the ozone layer. Yet, the necessary transition towards clean energy sources such as wind and solar energy and the abandonment of fossil fuels is not progressing at the necessary speed. He said, consequently, whatever is being done risks being seen only as a ploy to distract attention. We must move beyond the mentality of appearing to be concerned but not having the courage needed to produce substantial changes, end quote. Meanwhile, the Pope has presided over Mass today to open the General Assembly of the Synod on Synodality. In his, holy, in his homily, the Holy Father encouraged the faithful to walk with the Holy Spirit in trust and with joy. And he encouraged them to take up the only weapons of the gospel, humility and unity, prayer and charity. The Dicastery for the Doctrine of the Faith has responded to another set of questions posed to Pope Francis, another set of dubia, this time from the Czech bishops, on the proper interpretation of the Pope's apostolic exhortation, Amoris Laetitia. From Vatican Radio, Francesca Merlo reports. The dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. We'll move on. Meanwhile, in Washington, an election for the new Speaker of the House is set to be held next Wednesday. Members leaving the House GOP conference meeting said a candidate forum for speaker will be held next Tuesday with the election held the following day. The House of Representatives will be in recess until next week. For his part... Kevin McCarthy says he will not be running again following the chamber's decision to vote him out of his position in the historic vote forced by Florida Congressman Matt Gates. North Carolina Congressman Patrick McHenry is now acting speaker until the new speaker election is held. Ford Motor Company and General Motors are laying off an additional 500 employees as the United Auto Workers strike continues. Ford is laying off 330 workers in Chicago and in Lima, Ohio at their factories. GM says 164 workers are being furloughed at its metals center in Marion, Indiana and Parma, Ohio. And cell phones across the country will be getting an emergency alert today. The federal government is conducting a nationwide test of the emergency alert system this afternoon. FEMA and the FCC are running the test, saying it's to make sure the alert system is running smoothly in the case Americans are actually threatened by natural disasters, terrorism or other emergencies. The jolting sound should start hitting cell phones around 2.20 this afternoon. And the test window will run for about 30 minutes. During the alert, a message on your phone will say, this is a test of the National Wireless Emergency Alert System. No action is needed. So hopefully no emergencies happen in that 30-minute time window. Because I if you don't say, see that message, yeah. then I guess...
8: It's not gonna be doing that for thirty minutes. No, but, no, yeah, no, no, no. Right, I yeah. don't know
1: how long the test right, actual actually I mean, you hear those on on our oh, station right. once a week we have yeah. to do a, an emergency alert test. So, you know, they last for
8: Prepare to get what, jump scared
1: like, once today. Yeah, exactly. You know? Just be aware.
8: That happens. It's hol- it's we're getting close to Halloween anyways. Yeah, it's true.
1: Eight thirty-six. now on the sunrise morning show and sports on sacred heart radio is brought to you by dr robert berger and beacon orthopedics and sports medicine take it away paul
8: all right wish the reds were there but uh, we'll go over the mlb postseason because uh, why not texas rangers began the uh postseason with a four to nothing shutout over the tampa bay rays in what has been called the smallest playoff audience since the 1919 world series it wasn't impressive Uh, Minnesota's designated hitter Royce Lewis belted two home runs in the Twins. Uh, Three to one win over the Toronto Blue Jays. That snapped an 18-game playoff losing skid. Not too shabby there. Uh, Congratulations to Sonny Gray and a few former Reds out there. At least three uh, for the Twins. On the National League side of things, Arizona Diamondbacks rallied from a three-run deficit to knock off the Brew Crew, 6-3 in Milwaukee. Phillies began their National League title defense with a 4-1 win over the Miami Marlins. Playoff action continues today. Should be fun to watch. FC Cincinnati also back in action, and they are at home. So uh, the Orange and Blue will battle the New York Red Bulls at TQL Stadium, coming off a big win over Toronto, still sitting comfortably in first place in the Eastern Conference with 65 points and also have a supporter shield that I'm sure will be... um, brought up at the uh, at the stadium at the game tonight should be a lot of fun that's check in on sports we got more on the sunrise morning show following right after this
7: sunrise sunrise morning morning show. Show. subscribe
9: Yes, by clicking the red subscribe button at sacredheartradio.com. You'll get an email with our show notes with the list of guests you'll hear that day on the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faith. You'll also get the links to books, articles, and websites we've discussed and the full podcast with markers to find and hear the interview again. So to know when your favorite guests are on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe.
5: The Cincinnati Holy Name Society invites all area men to the ninth Annual Men's Eucharistic Procession, Saturday, October 21st, from St. Peter and Chains to Old St. Mary's and over the Rhine. For details, see sacredheartradio.com slash events.
9: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery. And he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at
0: Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com.
19: I'm Father Jan Schmidt, Director of Pastoral Vitality for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and the Rector of our Cathedral Basilica of St. Peter in Chains. Prayer from the Votive Mass of St. Joseph. O God, who in your inexpressible providence were pleased to choose St. Joseph as spouse of the most holy mother of your Son, grant, we pray, that we who revere him as our protector on earth may be worthy of his heavenly intercession. Through Christ our Lord. Amen.
1: and Hodge back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is Darwin from the Darwin Catholic blog. He's author of If You Can Get It from Ignatius Press and is a contributing editor to The Pillar. Good morning, Brendan.
19: Good morning. Great to be on with you.
1: It is good to have you. Now, the first global assembly for the Synod on Synodality is getting underway <laughs> this week on the Feast of St. Francis. Um, There was a lot that led up to this point that that we are finding ourselves in the Church. Can you remind us of the whole process for the Synod on Synodality?
19: Yes, uh, a more standard synodal process uh, because we do have synods of bishops to address various topics relatively frequently, every couple of years. Uh, Everyone probably remembers the Amazon Synod, but there have been synods on the family, on youth, etc. So normally in one of these synods, there is a working document which is put together by authorities uh, relating to the topic which the synod is supposed to discuss, and that working document will state what issues the synod is supposed to address, and then the members of the synod will get together and discuss those topics and come up with a set of insights for the Church, which will then be reported out in their report to the Pope. The Pope will read that, and then he will write a synthesis document based on his reaction to their thoughts. In this Synod on the Synodality, there was a diff- very different process where the direction from the Vatican office for the Synod on Synodality was that there should be a series of synodal meetings starting at the very most basic level. So in individual parishes all over the world, and that these meetings and parishes would collect what people had to say about synodality in the Church And then they would roll that up and report it to dioceses, and then the diocese would roll this up and report it to regions, and the regions would roll it up and report to national bishops' conferences, and the national bishops' conferences would roll it up and report to continental assemblies. And then it's finally the synthesis of those continental assemblies, which is being discussed here in the global session. But that creates a really significant challenge because, as anyone who's played a game of telephone knows, when you pass word from one uh, person to another, things get a little bit mixed up. And another thing is, if if you think about ever being in a big meeting where people talk even just for an hour, what people get out of that meeting, what they say the key topics of discussion were, really varies a lot based on the interest of the person doing the reporting. And here we have that happen in layer after layer where – First we had the people reporting on what was said in parishes and then people reporting on what was said in dioceses, and on up. And so there were kind of a lot of opportunities here for the message to change based on the interpretations of the people who were doing the synthesizing.
1: Now that said, which is a great way to kind of lead us into this. um, You did a bunch of textual analysis and we had a bunch of conversations on the morning show as as all of these documents were were starting to come out and and were being submitted to rome to to create that working document that is going to be used this month in the the global assembly um but when you looked at the global documents those that were available in english anyway what did you find in terms of all of the various priorities around the world
19: so one of the things we found was that there was a real difference in priorities you can see based on the conditions people were facing in different parts of the world. So, for instance, if you focus on words centering around poverty and people in need, um, this was discussed about 10 times more in countries like Zimbabwe, Malaysia, the Philippines, and South Africa than it was in documents from Germany, the U.S., and indeed, the global document that was put together by the Vatican. So, countries where there is really widespread poverty, where there's war and disruption, there was a lot more discussion of how people should be dealing with instability. Uh, another thing that really stuck out was how people talked about uh, kind of marriage and family issues. The words family and marriage were discussed a lot more, and even words like divorce and remarriage in documents from what. might call the developing world from Zimbabwe the Philippines South Africa and actually a lot less in affluent countries where you saw a lot more discussion of LGBT issues and the place of women in the church so there were clearly some very different priorities the different parts of the world were bringing into this discussion
1: so then Brendan what is going to be the challenge in this month of meetings in the global assembly
19: So as they put the Global Assembly together, it's still going to be a pretty big group. And uh, Father Barron actually had a really good explanation of how this works on a day-to-day basis. They're going to take this large synodal group of lay people and bishops and break them up into small discussion groups based on what language they speak. So that will mix people up a little bit. So, I mean, you'll have people who speak English from Nigeria, sitting with people who speak English from Canada and the U.K. and the U.S., Mm. but you'll still have these language divisions, and each of these groups will then sit down and discuss the topics in the global working document. So there may be some very different discussions going on according to different language breakouts there, and then those different language groups will report out what they've experienced in their conversations and then there will be an attempt to put together a single document with the outcomes from their discussions
1: and then there will be a whole other year in this whole process so we don't even get any kind of like definitive results for another year beyond this so it's gonna be really interesting uh just all kinds of of differences between this particular synod and the one that uh the ones that we have had in the past in the church. You can go read Brendan's analyses of the documents over at pillarcatholic.com. Brendan, thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. And of course, we need to keep it all in prayer. There's a lot of back and forth going on and there's gonna be a lot of back and forth going on for a while. And we need to remain steadfast in our prayer for those who are participating in the Synod and for all of us um, as well. Because some of the stuff that comes out of this could very well affect us here in the church. I mean, that's the whole point of the Synod, I think. So keep it in prayer. Keep it in prayer. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Speaking of today's saint... He is the topic of the next conversation with Father Rob Jack, host of Driving Home the Faith. It's coming up next, 13 till.
0: It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy.
1: And when you go to the monks through SunriseMorningShow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy.
0: Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online
1: store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through SunriseMorningShow.com.
5: All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org.
0: Water damage in your home or business? Plumbing and flooding problems not repaired and restored can quickly get worse over time. Rainbow International of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can help. Rainbow International, 513-271-1000.
20: Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. Jesuitspiritualcenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com.
9: Support us from Solidarity HealthShare.
10: Is inflation making you feel frustrated and out of control when it comes to your expenses? We have a solution. It's Solidarity HealthShare. With Solidarity HealthShare, you control what doctors you go to and how much you spend with pricing options that start as low as $384 for families.
16: Take control of your health care and your budget with Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688. Solidarity HealthShare. 855-954-5688.
0: Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain. Thank you for joining us on this feast of St. Francis of Assisi. Pray for us. And we want to dig into some of the stories of St. Francis today through the course of the morning. And there are so many, but one of the more famous ones, uh, which really kind of illustrates the kind of conversion that St. Francis went through, is the story of his meeting with the leper. And here to talk about that this morning is Father Rob Jag, host of Driving Home the Faith on Sacred Heart Radio. Father, good morning. Morning, Matt. So if you could set the stage for this whole story of St. Francis' meeting with the leper and why it would be so out of character for St. Francis in his previous life to have handled this encounter this way.
11: Well, what I do when I talk about this is I used to, when I was in the I began. As a franciscan seminarian all the way back in 1979 and so i was in a high school seminary for a year and one of the things I, I read quite a bit was the life of saint francis by saint bonaventure which is a phenomenal very excellent biography of his dream because of course he knew francis personally but one of the stories i always remind the seminarians of and really anybody if you're going to follow jesus you better expect to be ready to kiss a leper, because this is what this is how the Christian story works. We think of St. Francis, of course, as the uh, one who loved all of creation and all of these things, and he was always very gentle and very kind. This is one tough character, and he really took on the fullness of his own human weakness and his sinfulness, and the Lord tested him as he tests all of us. And so, of course, Francis was writing back one day on his horse in his military gear. And as he was riding back, he came across a leper. Now, lepers, of course, are rejected by society. They believed leprosy was very contagious, and so you wouldn't even touch one, much less be close to one. It used to be, as we found out in the Old Testament, whenever a leper would come by, they would have to shout out, unclean, unclean, you know, stay away. And they lived apart. Well, Francis was riding, and he saw this leper And he was, of course, very much uh, put off by him in between the smell and the appearance and all this. And Francis at that moment was overcome with the great love of Christ. And he dismounted his horse, and he went over and he embraced the leper. And after he embraced him, he gave him his cloak. And then Francis turned to walk back, and he looked, and the leper disappeared. And he thought, What did I just encounter here? And what happened after that was of course that night in a dream, Jesus came to him dressed in his cloak as a leper and said, Francis, it was me today that you embraced, not a leper. And it really set Francis on his on his focus of one of his primary ministries was caring for the lepers and caring for the marginalized. Now what I did was I told the seminarians, I said, Everyone who's going to serve the Lord, is going to be put before us with, a, with a, a leper, okay? But it's not just a leper. It's whatever oftentimes the thing that strikes most at our ego or the thing that most fills us with fear. And mine happened to me because everyone has to do this in many ways. You find it yourself in terms of how you live your life. But I was uh, in my third year of seminary training. This was back in 1989. Now, was a hospital chaplain children's hospital in columbus now i wasn't too keen on hospital work my mother had died in a hospital for medical malpractice and i said lord let me do anything just don't put me in our hospital stupid thing to say <laughs> so i say that and then i'm working one night on a 24-hour uh, me- uh call and i'm in their er and about one in the morning, a double code blue trauma comes and Two young boys had been hit not once but twice on Broad Street in Columbus. and They were coming into the ER, and as soon as that announcement went out, my feet—I didn't do anything. My feet turned the other way. In other words, let's just get the heck out of Dodge. This is not your. This is not your deal. Well, I was the chaplain there, and it was my deal. And so I faced that. And in the process, I had two young boys. They were cousins. The whole family just, you know, descended upon the whole hospital. And in the midst of this, one of the mothers who, uh, who was basically seven months pregnant and was, was grieving and all this commotion was going on. You hear the mother, we get him in a very, very small room, which is probably about the size of where you're broadcasting from right now. And I got 40 people, one's throwing up in the corner, you got the pregnant mother, you got all these things, and I'm the only chaplain there, that's it. And the nurses got the heck out of there because they said, I don't want to deal with it. But there I am, and I'm trying to get things calmed down. And all of a sudden, (laughs) the mother goes, my son is dead. And she says, ouch, she was going into labor when all this other stuff was going on in this terrible event. And what happens, well, okay, I go out right outside to the nurse's station, and I come out to the nurse's station and say, excuse me, uh, we have a lady in there who's pregnant. She's going into labor. And uh, and in that process, my supervisor comes by, and she's she's a Lutheran minister. And she says, you need some help here? And at that time, a scream comes from that room. And this was the moment I kissed the leper i said what happened was i said no we're fine and i turned around and i walked back into that room and for the next two and a half hours dealt with that family and their moment of crisis because at that moment i could have just ended the chapel that super I said, here's my coat here's my card i'm done but i didn't and i don't know how i didn't but i walked in And I dealt with this thing, the worst thing I could ever deal with. And I came out out of that with a new appreciation for the sick, a new appreciation for Christ in the poor and in the suffering. And that was my leper. Now, that doesn't mean I don't face more. I face a lot of them still, as we all do. But that test that comes is an important test.
0: Well, and I think all of us, as you're telling this story, can think back, what's the time where I've been St. Francis and The Lord has put a leper in my life, and it's been an opportunity to show love to the Lord. And so hopefully that's an opportunity, again, for us to think about, you know, what leper might I meet today? Father Rob Jack, thank you so much as always. Have a wonderful day. Hopefully I wasn't your leper today. Well, you were not. You were not. You know, but it's a great point to ponder, right? Some of you are going into situations that you dread. Some of you are uh, maybe sitting in your car a little extra time in the parking lot of your work because the leper's inside that building you work in, right? Or maybe the leper is a voicemail that you don't want to return or a text message that you don't feel like responding to. Or, you know what, someone who you might run into in any kind of random place where you just don't feel like dealing. Or maybe they're a lonely person or whoever it happens to be, as Father Rob mentions so powerfully. You know, our feet might want to take us the other way, but the Lord may have something for us, not just to show mercy to them, It might be an opportunity for him to show his mercy to us. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. We'll talk to you all tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
5: In this crazy world, where can Catholics go with their hard-earned money and not support businesses that go against our faith? Check out the Angels List on SacredHeartRadio.com. It's a list of businesses owned and operated by our Catholic brothers and sisters who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the Angels List, email me, Leah, at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com.
3: A wedding is a day, a marriage is a lifetime.
10: Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon.
3: This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage.
10: Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com. That's Cincinnati-Covington.EngagedEncounter.com.
9: Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591.
5: You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com.
9: Good food can still be fast food. Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has a convenient online store at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. They're all your favorite prepared foods like their delicious homemade soups, beef barbecue, chicken and stuffing, and sweet potato casserole, all available at a click of a button for same-day pickup. They also have high-quality fresh meats like pork, veal, chicken, beef, and seafood, and even produce. Fast, convenient shopping on the go at BridgetownFinerMeats.com.
5: Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513 489 0300. 513 489
6: 0300. I'm Father Dan Schmidtmeyer, Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati.
9: Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at Sacred Heart
21: Radio.